It is time for the Glenn Clark Radio Show, known as GCR. I am Stan the Fan sitting in for Glenn Clark, who is uh, announcing the the uh, International Shuffleboard Tournament uh, aboard the SSS uh, Minnow. Is that correct, Griffin? I That's believe, what I understand. Uh, based on my research, I think that is correct. Yeah, that right. is, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect I mean, him to be doing anything else this right. week. Right. I mean, he didn't. It's not like he went away on a pure vacation. He traded something, you know, to get the the right. The yeah, vacation. exactly. To get this. To, to get believe these. me, I'm a veteran of trade, so he is out there announcing somewhere. In the mid-Atlantic, uh, I hope he has good weather, uh, and I hope he and Mrs. Clark and the kids are having a great time. Glad to be able to, <laughs> glad to be able to fill in glad after to have you my exper- experience. Thought I was done with COVID a long time ago. Had it in uh, June of 2021, and was very fortunate not to get it in the midst of the the heaviest period of COVID and then had it was a little bit of a rough go um, in 2021, had a terrible throat problem, but have not come close to being sick since. And then like the New Year's, New Year's Eve day, which would have been the, not New Year's Eve day, the day before New Year's Eve on Friday, the December 30th, I had a little bit of a cough, and then I went and did our uh, delivery of the best of issue, and Griffin, I got, in, you know, when you deliver papers, you, uh, it's not brain surgery, but it's, you know, you're trying to be very quick, you know, with driving, pulling up, cutting the papers, you know, cutting the, uh, the binds uh, that bind the paper, put them in the boxes and move on. And I'm telling you, after about 20, 25 minutes, I just couldn't, I couldn't move. Um, and uh, I it did not feel like what I expected COVID to feel like. Uh, but by that, by the next, by that night, I had a, uh, like a 102.3 fever. And I was in the throes of a crazy bout with COVID. So uh, glad to be um, <laughs> over it. To the extent that I'm testing negative, but I still have this kind of crazy hacking cough, which really impacts my sleep. So I overslept today by about 40 minutes. Um, uh, got here in plenty of time, but um, not as quite as prepared. And was somewhat staggered, Griffin, by the immediate news that um, Bill Belichick will no longer be the coach of the New England Patriots. Your thoughts? My thoughts? Uh, honestly, I mean, after after this season, it's hard not to really be surprised, I think. Yeah. Um, just, you know, <clears throat> I, I think he's going to coach again. I don't think it's the end for, for Bill Belichick. He uh, He's obvi- he's 15 wins away from setting the, uh, the, the all-time wins record right. in NFL history. <sighs> Um, so I, to me, there's no doubt that he'll coach again. Um, but yet, yeah, seems like you know he just it, time had just kind of played its course in in New England. Um, and uh, you know, it's, it's hard interesting. For me. I, you know, it's interesting to me. You know, Bill Belichick. Remember, it was Bill Parcells who liked to shop for the groceries and then cook the meal. Uh, <clears throat> but it was, uh, I mean, it was uh, Bill Parcells who who said that. Uh, Bill Belichick did both jobs. He was general manager of the New England Patriots and coach of the New England Patriots. 
and I'm not so sure that his coaching skills diminish that significantly. What really transpired to me for him there was a series of just terrible personnel decisions to end up going from Tom Brady, although it diminished Tom Brady at, what was he, when he left New England, like 41 when he left New England? 40 or 41? Yeah. Uh, So he wasn't like in the prime of his career, but to have no plan and to think that Mac Jones was really just going to come in and sort of be, you know, uh, would they pick him uh, like in the third yeah, round, sixth, sixth round? No, no, in the teens, in the first round. He was a first round pick. He was a first round pick. Yeah, uh, I say fourteen, just somewhere really, in that. Range. Just a really, um, I, I mean, that was a stretch to. to yeah, me. I mean, Mac Jones didn't work out at all, so no. that was definitely because when you take a quarterback in the first round, you expect that to be an answer of some yep. sort. Um, yep. so, so yeah, Mac Jones. Don't and, want to call and, it a failure yet, but you know. He yeah, I mean, did look, he's a England. he's a guy that at, at twenty nine or something like that might get a second chance to command a team um, and do do a better job, but clearly didn't have, in my opinion, the humility for the job that it takes. I mean, you you got to be pretty brazen and ballsy and confident, but he seemed like he thought he was something special uh, when he was anything but that, and I think. Uh, look, I I don't I don't grade every choice that Bill Belichick made. It seemed for a time that his way of getting better on defense was to steal a Raven free agent. You know, uh, did it with Judon, did it with Adalius Thomas, um, and when that kind of ran out, and and Brady wasn't there. You know, I'm sure there were other missteps. I thought like this year, the the Ezekiel Elliott move was a terrible move for them. Um, you know, I just – I think he had lost his fastball as far as being a general manager. He will – I agree and with you. I think he will coach again because of the proximity to Don Shula's record. Uh, so that looks like that will happen. Yeah, I mean, and you hit it right on the head with the, the GM aspect of it because you look at the drafts that he's had, and, and he has not drafted well not over – really over – we talked about it with uh, – Ken and I were talking about it uh, yesterday, and – he has not drafted well really over the past decade. Like yeah. you look at any any of these Patriots drafts and uh you know, Brady was you able take to cover away, up. You take away one murderer in the bunch and it, his drafts are really terrible. Oh yeah. 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 Um so I, I, I'm not sure if he <clears throat> will be willing to give up uh you know, give up GM duties wherever he goes next. Oh, I, I think, think he I think he will. I don't think he commands And it uh, might be it, that it, whoever wants you know, whoever wants Bill Belichick, they're you know, they're gonna get the Bill Belichick experience and they're gonna be fine with giving him the reins to the GM and yeah. as well as the head coaching. I, I do not feel that he will get the GM reins again. I, I think you saw in the days, and it's and it, and it moved rather quickly. I think the Patriots didn't make a huge drama out of this thing. Uh, the rumors surfaced. What was it about three or four weeks ago that he was going to be taken down? Yeah, I mean, there it felt like there had been rumors. You know, every uh, every. But three it, or four they weeks really the hit season, home yeah. about a month ago, <clears throat> and then it sort Once. of dissipated. And he said, oh, there's no way they'll get rid of him. And and his comments the first couple days after the season, and it's not like it was a month after the season, season just ended, but his, the first day or so, he was saying, you know, like, hey, I really love the coach, and I'm prepared to come in here and work hard and all that. He, he had sort of, to me, he had exercised that he was not going to be the GM GM of an NFL team to me. I don't think there's any way 
shape, or form somebody like the Arizona Cardinals, as dire as their situation is, or the Los Angeles uh, uh, Chargers. That's the one I would thought of, just because I know that they have an opening for both the GM and head coach. That right. seems like you, you look, a natural-ish you, you might be spot. right, yeah. but I don't think a team, I think they want to get the cachet of Bill Belichick, the coach, and they'll pass on him as a general manager. We, we shall see. We shall see. Uh, in college football, the arguably the number one coach for probably 15 of the last 17 years. I mean, I think it's arguable now that Jim Harbaugh and Dabo Sweeney and a couple others haven't sort of gotten a little past uh, Nick Saban. But uh, that was kind of surprising news that came out of nowhere uh, because I had not heard rumors that he was planning to step down. Um, yeah, I mean, other than just the fact that you would speculate with him being uh, 72 years old, obviously, and uh, and and, uh, but yeah, otherwise that was it was a pretty pretty shocking because yep. their season had ended obviously like two weeks ago, um, which I guess is probably credit to you know the way that they handled it. They didn't want to overshadow any of the national championship uh, you know festivities over the week over the past week or so. Um, so I don't think I don't think this decision, by the way, changes. Had he beaten Michigan and then yeah. either won or lost against uh, Washington, I think he had kind of made up his mind that he had he had been been there and done this for a long, long time. Yeah, uh, I I agree. I think uh, I it probably I, I'm curious to see or hear when he came to the decision. I doubt it. I doubt like you're right. I doubt he decided this over the last five days or after the loss to. Uh, after the loss to Michigan in the Rose Bowl, that that he was like, yeah, this is this is this is done. He probably decided this a couple months ago, honestly. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's really an incredible uh, career. It'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of how the the college football landscape shapes from there because Alabama can go a lot of different directions. Obviously, uh, they, I can, get whoever, they, they can, can get whoever they can get whoever, whoever they, want. they want. Yeah, they could get Bill Belichick or Pete, <laughs> uh, Pete Carroll. They could. They, well, they just maybe they just do a swap. The Seahawks and Alabama just do a. Do Pete a... Carroll would be a fascinating guy because he's won two national championships at the college level. You know. Yeah, he would. Um, yeah. He's he, same same thing though. Even because they're the same age, which is uh, which seventy-two is crazy. years yeah. old. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, it sounds like Pete Carroll has probably done as well. I mean, maybe you know if the Panthers came in and threw. But but buckets and buckets of money at him that you know I at I'm Nick sure. Saban or, or no or, or Pete Carroll, Carroll at Pete yeah. Carroll yeah sorry to yeah sorry to move move to move to two yeah. subjects too or Bill Belichick here. or Bill Belichick yeah I mean that's the, those are the two spots I think for uh, I, we talked about the Chargers and the Panthers I think those are the two spots uh, that I could see Belichick going because the Panthers are just such a dumpster fire right now that they'll let him do whatever I mean even though it is Tepper I think Belichick will get in there and say hey. What we're doing things my way. Doesn't and, he throw uh, drinks at his coaches? I would love to see what happens if he decides to throw a drink at Bill Belichick and uh, and see what happens there. Hey, speaking of throwing drinks, uh, <laughs> Press Box urges you to drink a beer or two in honor of the late Tony Saragusa. Starting Monday, January 15th, Guilford Hall Brewery is releasing Goose Flights, a delicious lager to support Goose's medical transportation jet company, as many of you know, <clears throat> the Goose Flight Foundation, now run by Tony's kids, charitable, charitably flies needy patients to emergency treatment. You can buy Goose Flight Lager exclusively at Glory Days Grill or Guilford Hall Brewery. Two bucks 
of every purchase goes to the cause. Raise a glass to Tony and support this great foundation. Go to PressBoxOnline.com to learn all about it. Our congratulations to John Colson and Glenn Clark, very involved in this um, through Glenn's relationship with Tony's daughter and son. Um, remember, toast the late Tony Saragusa with Goose Flights Lager from Guilford Hall Brewery and support the Goose Flights Foundation. Available starting this Monday. And I think it's actually going to be available starting like earlier this weekend. I believe Saturday or Sunday it'll start being okay. It'll be available at Guilford Hall and all of the uh, Glory Days. Uh, and all the Glory Days grills. That's really yep. great. Yep. It's available starting then this sometime this weekend mm-hmm. at, <laughs> at Guilford Hall Brewery and all of Maryland's Glory Days grills locations. Go to PressBoxOnline.com to learn more. Let's make this, seriously, I'm not trying to be... Uh, overly poignant or let's make this a really a slam dunk I, I forget the number of cases that get that get created produced mass produced I think it might be something like 500 cases to start mm-hmm. uh, and if there's a demand for it it gets back out there quickly I think this is really I know the people involved in this I'm sure the um and and Gilbert Hall is such a do great we have a camera. Yeah, yes, yeah. Turn. Yeah, Go ahead and turn. There's Goose there's with Goose his Flight arms. Tan. Yeah, his arms. Uh, you know, flopping. Um, there's Goose Flight's uh, lager beer. Okay, it's a handcrafted lager. All right. Uh, got that one out of the way and happy to do that. Tony was a uh, just a larger than life figure uh, in the Baltimore community and really. Everywhere he stepped and his loss is still felt in Baltimore and I'm sure in his family. And um, This is a great way to yeah, continue his legacy. And, yeah, and it's, and, and it's nice just that great that his family yeah. has continued his, which was his real which was his real baby, was the, were these goose flights, which was um, flying medically needy patients uh, around the country. All right. So our thoughts uh, out there with Tony Siragusa and a great way to support his legacy of the Goose Flights by drinking one or two Goose Flights lager, okay? Does Glenn have some out on the ship? Does he have some what, say it again? Does does Glenn have, oh, have some of the flights? I'm not sure have a yet six because pack? I guess there won't be cuz since they're not ready until this weekend, I don't oh. think he does. Maybe that is what he's doing. Maybe that is what he what he's out there doing. Or maybe that's what the shuffleboard the champion of the ship, the SSS Minnow, yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll get that. Um, maybe the only thing that uh, back in Baltimore that could affect us with all these head coaching changes and vacancies now in the NFL is that you know there's more spots for Mike, McDan- Mike McDonald or uh, or Todd Munkin to potentially land. Now with, uh, I think we're up to, what, eight NFL head coaching vacancies, I believe, uh, after with Seattle and I heard England that now. figure today, eight, with the Major League Baseball. That that there have been eight managerial changes. There were. I hadn't ch- right. I hadn't glanced at that. I when the off season starts, I usually start a little list. You know, I write down the vacancies and who gets the jobs. And I do remember filling it out. Let's see, the Cubs and the Mets changed, right? Yeah, eight. You're right, eight. There were eight changes. There were eight. Well, it was Cubs and the Mets. Angels. Angels. Ron Washington. Uh, Astros. Astros. Is that Joe Espada? That is, yes, yep, okay. Joe Espada. From bench coach to manager, Brewers. 
Brewers, that's right. They had Pat Murphy. Pat Murphy, correct. Okay. Uh, the Padres, Mike Schilt takes over for Bob Melvin. Correct. Bob Melvin takes over for, um, what's his name? Uh, the, the crazy guy. Um, <laughs> the f- real fiery guy. Played for the Tigers for a little bit. Was not much of a star player, but had star abilities. Um Hell's uh, what the hell's his name? You're talking of uh, not oh G- uh, Gabe Kapler. Gabe Kapler. Sorry, sorry. Right. That's right. I should have known. I should have known exactly <clears throat> who you're talking I should, about. Uh, you should have known. How yeah. about me? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And are we missing one or two more? Then? Uh, you said uh, Bob Melvin is with the Giants. Right. I the, think that uh, was Terry Tito, Tito Francona. Uh, Stephen Vogt. Stephen Vogt replaces. I think Terry he's Francona. one of the most interesting changes. Uh, Stephen Vogt. Not a lot. It's not like he has a. Um, a coaching sort of or managerial legacy in the minor leagues or anything like that. He went from player to one year of coaching to managing. And I always liked Stephen Vogt an awful lot. If you pinpointed me as to why I like Stephen Vogt, I couldn't tell you. But his years in Oakland, if right. you want to have a good time, look up I Believe in Stephen Vogt video. Uh, of what the Oakland A's fans used to chant when Stephen Vogt came up to bat. I believe in Stephen Vogt. Great. I mean, nothing odder than than that that saying. I believe in Stephen Vogt. Just because he was such a random player. He he was a very random player. But, you know, he kept getting jobs. He kept getting jobs. And catchers are generally the smart guys. I think he's going to do a very good job. And I guess... They feel he's a 10-year later version of Kevin Cash uh, and will be that that type of guy. Uh, anyway, Glenn Clark Show. Uh, we're moving on on this. Today is Thursday. I will be in tomorrow as well. Um, Glenn had originally, originally pin, pinned me down to do Monday, Thursday, Friday, and KZ was going to do... Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, and then I came down with this uh, nasty uh, COVID, um, you know, and uh, we had to hustle and KZ, and there isn't a lot of hustling we can do, uh, so it's either Griffin Bass hosting the show, you get somebody off the street hosting the show, or it's KZ, or it's me, or it's Gary Stein, right? Is there anybody else that would host the show? Um, would Miles Goodman host the show? Miles pro- could. You said you said you mentioned Gary Stein. Gary so. Stein. Gary was supposed to be in with me tomorrow, and he might be for part of the show, but I wouldn't count on it. Um, he's very busy these days with his excellent production company, Studio Eighty Three. Gary, a really uh, sharp businessman, in addition to being a sharp um, uh, football analyst. Uh, and really sports analyst and play-by-play voice does the play-by-play for um, UMBC basketball, UMBC lacrosse, and he does uh, several Stevenson uh, events over the course of the year. Yeah, um, we were scheduled to be joined by Cordell uh, Woodland, um, but he's 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 got a busy morning. I know that. Um, and if and if you know if he can't do it, then we'll, we we will survive and adapt, uh, and uh, we'll just. Continue, uh, continue moving along. I know you wanted to talk. We're going to talk some baseball later on. You did mention who else we're talking to uh, today. I know I didn't. We were going to talk to uh, Cornell Cordell Woodland. And by the way, congrats on his impending nuptials. Uh, It's really exciting news. He's really a good, good, good kid. And uh, the fact he's getting married 
says as much. Yeah. You know, uh, we're due to talk to KZ. Yes. At about ten forty-five. That, that is, is. That is correct. Our right. weekly uh, pick segment. Uh, we'll, we will continue on as I stand. I mean, we'll get into it later. But I, uh, yeah. I have not had a good season, so I need a strong. Now, am I playing strong for? Playoff am run. I playing for anybody in this pick segment? Oh, you want to play? You play for yourself, and uh, we could we could do a little side bet between you and I. We can we can we can try to figure that out in a break. Well, I've I'll got enough up. side bets <laughs> going on in my pool that I run. Uh, the postseason, the stand okay. fan, Tim okay. Tremblay postseason right. pool. Uh, we've got, uh, we ended up with just about 80 entries nice. in that pool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Jim Henneman on to talk baseball. But I'll tell you one thing that has popped up with baseball regarding the, ball, the home team, Baltimore Orioles. We've been living, I won't quite call it living on the edge of when, when we would uh, acquire Dylan Cease. But, the names that I'm hearing that that Chris Getz is attempting to get out of a out of a deal for um, Dylan Cease uh, are ranging really wildly, uh, and and I don't see. I know in baseball life, two years of eligibility, remaining eligibility with the team that controls you, can seem like a lifetime. But I'm not so sure that two years is worth giving up three or four major prospects. And I'm talking about the, the likes of Kerstat and Kobe Mayo, uh, you know, and maybe a Connor Norby and then somebody else, Junior uh, uh, Ortiz. What's his first name? Joey. Joey Ortiz. I've been calling him in my mind the last couple of days, Junior Ortiz. So. I'm, but the names I'm hearing that Chris Getz was asking for, uh, in terms for um, the Cincinnati Reds, he was asking for their first round pick from just this this August or July, um, and and three other players, something like that. I, I don't. I just think he set the price. I won't call it ludicrously high, but I would say a bar too high to give up, even when you have. A tremendous number of prospects, but remember that tremendous number of prospects that the Orioles have, and they were the number one farm system this past year and the previous year, and they were probably in the top five the previous two years before that. So it's been a run, but that 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 group of prospects is going to slide down somewhat this year. Because the Orioles, where will we draft this year, um, Griffin? Like twenty third, twenty fourth, right? Yeah, something like 24. that. So the, the you got to remember that the Orioles' heyday of getting the number one, two, or three pick is is kind of over. Um, so uh, the Orioles. I'm not saying that doesn't mean you can't give up a number of prospects, but for a guy that. By all rights, if you look at what Dylan Cease commands right now, what he will command next year, and we're looking at a player that will probably earn $8.5 million this year. Uh, having a good season next year, he would uh, – is that Cordell? A uh, good season this year, he would probably command 12 to 14 next year. And then you're looking most likely – at a $22, $25 million pitcher to sign to a five-, six-year contract, a $25 million a year contract, you're looking at 150, 
$170 million contract. And the Orioles' biggest pitching contract in their history, I think, is Alex Cobb or Ubaldo Jimenez. And the biggest contract that uh, Michael Elias has given was the one-year contract to um, Kyle, Kyle Gibson. Uh, I don't think it looks like a club that's about ready to to do that. So what do you do after two years? You've given away Kobe Mayo, Heston Kerstad, and two other players, and you're going to get back like a a sandwich pick. You know, I don't know that that's an attractive uh, package. So, and I also think that general manager Chris Getz has put an unrealistic asking price, and I'm I'm not so sure he will get dealt at all. We'll see. Having said that, he'll probably get dealt to the Orioles tomorrow. But uh, joining us now from 105.7 The Fan and uh, getting ready to walk down the aisle is uh, Cordell Woodland. Cordell, thank you for joining us. How are you, my friend? I'm good, Stan. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, and really, uh, I really, I'm not saying I wouldn't have had you down as the marrying type because I don't know you that well. And I don't know your age, but it really made me feel really good about you as a person that you're tying the knot. That's really very, very special, Cordell. I think we just lost Cordell. I'll get him back. Okay. I guess he's pissed off that I brought up the the, the impending nuptials. Um, anyway, Cordell Woodland joining us on one oh uh, from 105.7 The Fan. Let me tell you that the Toyota Tacoma – comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for details on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Cordell Woodland back with us. Cordell, I was uh, telling you how excited I was. We're not best of friends, but we're we're good acquaintances. I was really touched to hear that you're getting married. Oh, yeah, Stan, for sure, man. We're definitely cool people together, and uh, I appreciate that, man. Uh, it's a crazy time uh, the, having the baby uh, who's just barely a year old now and getting engaged. Life is life is speeding up very fast these days. Well, congratulations. Is it a boy or a girl? Uh, it's a boy. All it's right. a boy. He he, left, he reminds us every day. He is, he's all over the place. He's all over the place. And what is his name? Uh, Jackson. Jackson? Named after yes, Jackson, ho- named after Jackson Holiday. Yep, you know, got a, It's a lot of great Jacksons out here in the world. Um, so we're hoping that he's able to kind of follow through. All right, that sounds good. How old are you, Cordell? Twenty-five. Uh, I, I wish. I wish. I actually look way younger so, than I am. Are you thirty? Uh, so you got to add. Are you, you got to th- add about ten years to that twenty-five? Really, you are thirty-five years old. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, congratulations. Uh, when are you stepping down the aisle? We're looking, we're, you know, it went from uh, celebrating the proposal to immediately uh, <laughs> planning the wedding. So we're, it's, it's a whirlwind right now. We're looking at sometime early 25, uh, 2025. So uh, we don't have a, a definitive date just yet. We're still trying to figure out the venue. All right. Well, congratulations to you. Appreciate you. Cordell, I know the business at hand, that, that's long-term planning uh, sometime in 25, yeah. but the Ravens have a football game uh, a week from Saturday or Sunday. First and foremost, how is the health of the football team? 
I think relatively healthy. I mean, they got some key guys back on the field at practice yesterday. We saw Kyle Hamilton out there, saw Kevin Zeitler out there, Kevin Zeitler who missed uh, the last game and a little bit of the uh, Miami game as well where he got hurt in. Uh, Geno Stone was out there as well. Geno had got hurt in that Steelers game. Marlon was out there, um, but he wasn't practicing. Remember, he, he injured his calf and that loss against the Steelers. He, he was on the field, though, working, on, working off to the side on his own on one of the uh, far fields. So, you know, with a good week to go, plus uh, before they have to play a game, you, you'd imagine he'd possibly have a shot. Uh, Zay Flowers is one that's a little concerning for me right now. Zay didn't practice yesterday. He's missed uh, quite a few practices here as of late. Obviously, he didn't play in the Week 18 game. Uh, a lot of the starters didn't, but – He's dealing with that calf, and it seems like down the tail end of the season, uh, they started to pick up on new injuries uh, each game. So he's one that I'm really watching. But overall, look, Lamar's healthy, and um, <laughs> as we as we know, as, as long as number eight's on the field, they've got a chance. Cordell, especially in a in a in a sports year where we saw how the the um, the buy can impact a baseball team negatively. Football is a whole different ball game, and I would say that Coach John Harbaugh and these players are welcoming a week to get back to, together again. You know, uh, it's a hard-earned honor when you get that bye and you miss the whole first week of play. And I think this time of year, it's almost – it's very similar to getting a, a second bye for your team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I mean, and look, this is a veteran team. Uh, we talked to Odell Beckham uh, later in the season, and he was asked, you know, how does he view a potential buy? I don't think they had clinched at that point yet. I think they were getting possibly ready to in that Miami game, you know. And he he was he welcomed the bye week with open arms. You know, he he talked about how he could use some extra rest to heal up. There's other veteran guys on this team that could use that extra week, and um, and and I get why people would see what happened to the Orioles or even see what happened to this team in 2019 and be a little wary of that bye week. But uh, just kind of comparing them to the Orioles, the Orioles were a very young team. Um, that was a that was a different situation. I mean, you've got a, a manager who's managing his first playoff series. You've got a lot of guys on that team that are playing their first playoff games. Uh, the Ravens aren't this th- that team that's kind of wide-eyed and, um, seeing this for the first time. They've got a lot of season best, and even some of their younger guys like Lamar, uh, he's been there before. He's experienced this. So I, I think that they're I, – I really don't think that this buy is a negative for them. I, I think yeah. it's happening right on time. I think you make a great point there that the seasonness of the Ravens club versus the Orioles, but also that you can't control the buy. If, if you had told me, hey, the Orioles will get a two- or three-day buy – I would have said, yeah, that's a positive. Right. But once you right. get into a five-game series in that first round, it's it turns into a five- or six-day bye, and that's a little too much in baseball to me to mm-hmm. stay sharp. I think the Ravens, you, you, you practice pretty hard, and I think they, they welcome this right now. Great, yeah, great definitely. Point. I mean, this, this is a team that has, you know, had a weird schedule, a weird traveling schedule. They've had they've lost key guys at various points in the year. I, I think this is a battle tested team, and not that the Orioles weren't. The Orioles had their own issues 
throughout that long, grueling season that they overcame. And, and up until the postseason, the Orioles had pretty much um, mastered every challenge that they faced up until they faced the Rangers, obviously. And I think it was just a mix of the inexperience mixed with them playing a, a, a buzzsaw of a team. Yeah. Um, and, and, and like you said, I think, I think John Harbaugh, uh, they, they're going to make sure that the practices are intense enough to give these guys a decent look, to give them um, that game feel a little as best as they can. But I, I, I do think these guys will be ready. Uh, Cordell, I was wondering about really the only other question, outside of injuries uh, with the Ravens, the only other question, and that's Dalvin Cook. You know, how much uh, should we expect from him? Melvin Gordon, it feels like kind of, you know, made his bed with, since the only, we, we, the, the concern with Melvin Gordon was the fumbles, and he did just that on on or, uh, on Saturday against the Steelers when he got his opportunity. So do you expect us to see, I mean, I know he's only been out to the practice field. Was yesterday the first day that Dalvin was out on the practice field? Do we ex- Should we expect to see a lot of Dalvin Cook or any Dalvin Cook uh, in the playoffs? I mean, I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't look for him. You know, I'm not saying that he won't get out there at some point, but at the end of the day, I mean, how many third third running backs on the depth chart actually see the field? And when they do, how, how much are you seeing of them? So I would look at it and, and from that lens and also remember, I mean, he just got here. Um, the Ravens, John Harbaugh has called the Ravens offense a ball-handling offense because of all the things that they do with the read options and the play fakes and Lamar is one of the best in the league at uh, kind of showing the ball and making you think he's handed it off, and he, and he didn't. So we've seen the challenges with that with guys like Justice Hill, who's been with this team forever. He and Lamar, how many fumbles did they have earlier in the season uh, in some of those read option plays? So I, I would just try to caution people to, to lower their expectations a little bit for Dalvin Cook. I mean, you, we may see him. But honestly, we may not see him. It's only they only have potentially three games left in the season, and he just got here. And we're now in the time of year where every detail needs to be fine tuned. Everybody needs to be sharp. You can't have miscommunications. You can't have fumbles. Um, so I, I just think that they're going to be absolutely sure that he's ready to play before they put him on the field. How much? More do you think he has in the tank than than Melvin Gordon, though? Um, that's a good question. I mean, honestly, I don't I don't know how much either of them have in the tank. To be honest with you, I know a lot of. I mean, people Dalvin have, Dalvin's only twenty eight years old, right? And yeah. and it's crazy to say that it is crazy to say that. And I know Dalvin has had all the thousand yard seasons. And look, I I, I think Dalvin Cook has had a great career. Um. But when you look at his efficiency numbers over the last few years, especially his last couple of years in Minnesota, it, it just wasn't great. He's a boom or bust running back. He, he'll hit the home run. But if he doesn't hit the home run, I mean, he, he may not even get back to the line of scrimmage. Um, so that's my issue with him is just that I don't know if he has the, that big play capability anymore. Now, I will acknowledge that when a running back comes in this system, they, they immediately get a boost in production. Playing with Lamar Jackson, playing in this system, uh, running backs seem to thrive with these guys. So I expect more from him if he does play here with Baltimore than, I, than we saw with the Jets. The Jets' poor offensive line, poor offense in general. It's tough to really shine out there. Um, but I, I, I just I don't know. I don't, I don't believe that the Dalvin Cook that we're used to seeing when he was at his peak in Minnesota, I don't believe that's the guy fans should be looking for. 
Uh, Cordell, who, uh, who right now in the AFC, who poses the biggest threat to the Ravens? Uh, I, I mean, I have to throw the Browns in there. I mean, it's a team that's beat them. You know, you never feel great about playing a division team three times in a year. So I, I'll throw the Browns in there. Joe has definitely given them a spark, and they've given Joe a spark. You know, that defense is one of the best in the league, and I think Joe got to that team at the absolute right time. Um, because it felt like that defense was starting to run out of gas. And then once Joe got there and started to put up points and get some big plays, I think it gave the defense kind of that shot in the arm that they needed. Um, you, I have to still mention the Chiefs. I know the Chiefs haven't looked right all year. I get it. And I'm not expecting them to just all of a sudden flip the switch and turn back the clock and now they're the best team in football. I don't expect that. But there's something to be said about a team that is a defending champion, has arguably the best quarterback in the league, and, you know, they, they've been there and done that before. They, they can definitely turn it on. And um, I, they got the matchup with the, with the Dolphins this weekend. We'll see what happens, and that one really wouldn't shock me if the Dolphins win that game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, teams like Cleveland, uh, uh, Kansas City, like I mentioned, and, 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 I, and I still would throw Buffalo in there because, Josh Allen, even though he's not crazy efficient and he can turn the ball over quite a bit sometimes, um, he's kind of like that superhero as well. Like he has his superpowers. He's a guy that can turn, can take over the game on his own at times. So you you got to respect that factor when you have an elite quarterback that you're playing against. This is the time of year that they usually shine. Well, that weather in Buffalo, that game is on Sunday, correct? The Buffalo, the yep. Pittsburgh at Buffalo game. They're calling for weather on Sunday to be about 26 degrees, a 46% chance of uh, humidity with snow showers and wind. So that's going to be a wild, wild game there. Um, Buffalo is uh, – we're, we're about to do our pick segment, but does that number strike you as high, 10.5, or just about right on that uh, That Buffalo is game? high. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a playoff game. I get Pittsburgh just snuck in, and I get Pittsburgh's not a very good team. Um, but 10 points is a lot. And and Pittsburgh, to their credit, I, I think they understand the type of team that they are, and they that's why they come out with the game plan that they come out with, which is run the ball 30 to 40 times, hold time of possession, get a couple of stops, put some points up, um, but it, that, that mix of being able to hold possession of the ball and still find ways to put up either, even a field goal, it puts pressure on, it, on the opposing offense. So while I don't expect Pittsburgh to win, I do think that they'll make it a game. I, I, I'll put a little more respect on them than 10.5 points. All right. One more question about a game and, and, and the, uh, excuse me, the weather forecast is Miami at Kansas City. Also, yeah. I think that game is Saturday night. Uh, the, the weather there is supposed to be incredibly cold. Do you give uh, the Dolphins any chance to win that football game? Yes, I, I do. Um, because Kansas City has been their own biggest enemy this year. They can't catch the ball. And when you talk about temperatures getting well below freezing, uh, I, I question their wide receiver's ability to catch the ball even more in that type of game. To be honest with you, I, like I said earlier, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami 
pulls the upset in this one. And I really wouldn't be surprised if it comes down to something as simple as the Miami wide receivers catching the ball and the Chiefs wide receivers not catching the ball. I mean, how many games this year did we literally watch the Chiefs lose because their guys could not catch the ball late? So I really wouldn't be shocked if what's plagued them all year comes back to plague them uh, in this game against Miami. I know Miami's beat up, especially on the defensive end, and they've lost a lot of their pass rushers. Um, but getting Raheem Mostert back I think will be huge. Yep. Um, I still like what Tyreek Hill gives them. Uh, Waddle is still a question mark, but even if he doesn't play, I still give Miami a decent shot, even though they kind of imploded down the stretch of the season. And you've got the Taylor Swift jinx going on in Kansas exactly. City. It, All right. And, yeah, Travis Kelsey has not been the same for sure. All right. By the way, there's no truth to the rumor that you're marrying Taylor Swift, is there? <laughs> no, uh, sadly, that is not the case. If I was, sadly, though, sadly, uh, there's a Mrs. Well, there's a future Mrs. Woodland well, out there that's saying, of, of, of course, thankfully she's not next to me to to, yeah. to hear me say that. But <laughs> um, I, I, it's only for the net worth booth that Taylor that Taylor Smith, Taylor Swift would bring. Uh, I, I love my fiance very much, so way more than what I would ever love Taylor Swift. All right, sounds good, <laughs> Cordell. One last question for you because we're running up on the clock. When you woke up this morning and heard that Bill Belichick will not be coaching the uh, Patriots any longer, were you shocked, just uh, yawned a little bit, uh, or sort of quizzical about where you think he'll end up? Yeah, more so like where where will he end up? Because I've kind of braced myself for this. You know, we've seen the same Patriots team. Uh, all year, really the last couple of years. Um, So I'm not surprised at all to see them kind of decide to part ways. I think, you know, Bill needs to get out of there. And I I think I definitely believe he could still coach. Without a doubt, I think he can still coach football. I don't know if he needs to be the GM. Um, I I don't know if he needs to be in control of player personnel and stuff like that. But I I definitely think he can still coach. And I think he uh, obviously wants to still coach. I'm curious to see where he goes. Um, because I, I saw, I think it was Adam Schefter talking about it's not just the teams that are outside the postseason that uh, could potentially bring Bill Belichick in. It could be one of these postseason teams yeah. uh, as well. So really wouldn't shock me to see Bill make a, yet another run in kind of the late phase of his career. All right. Cordell, thanks very much for joining us, and congratulations again about your impending nuptials. All right? No problem. Appreciate you, Sam. All right. Hey, use the – code Glenn Clark 23 or Stan Charles 23 when you sign up at Superbook and you'll receive up to $250 in a same day first bet match win or lose download the Superbook app or visit superbook.com to take advantage of this great offer today we'll be back with our picks segment uh, with Ken Zalis and uh, Griffin Bass and myself that'll be up next on GCR Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. 
Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at Baltimore.org slash hotels. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Jeremy Kahn here. The ultimate sports betting experience in Maryland is at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook. Join me at either location in Canton or in Towson and place your bets in person and be a part of the action. It's the best in-class sports wagering experience complete with the ultimate TV package, ensuring you can catch every game all day, every day. Their state-of-the-art facilities bring Las Vegas energy right here to Maryland just in time for postseason football. So visit the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson and elevate your game day experience and hang out with me to bet, watch, and win at the Turtle. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? Uh, welcome back here to GCR. Uh, we're about to get into picks here with uh, with Ken Zalis, but before we do that, I do want to remind you what's going on at the Green Turtle uh, tonight, actually. Uh, they have live in-person sports betting at the Green Turtle in uh, in Towson in Canton, and uh, every Thursday night they are offering a free $10 bet. Uh, so uh, go make sure you go check out the Green Turtle Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton, and you can... Go ahead and bet on whatever you want. Co- big college basketball tonight. Towson's in action. They're that taking on go Stony there, Brook. That means you can go there and have like almo- almost like a full burger. Probably burgers are now twelve to fourteen dollars. That's, that's probably probably and right. then get ten dollars to bet. Exactly, exactly. Um, right. And those burgers will be worth it because uh, Green Turtle is the ultimate uh, destination for game day excitement, great food, and live in person betting. So make sure you go check out the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton, or both. Go pick up your free bet and make some money while enjoying some uh, food and sports uh, tonight at the Green Turtle. All right, are we back on now? Yes, we are. Of All course. right, and we welcome uh, my friend and savior. Uh, Ken Zalis. Ken, how are you, my friend? 
I'm good. How you doing, Stan? Sound uh, good, my friend. I'm I'm feeling a lot better than I was a couple days ago. Um, tested negative at my doctor's office on uh, Tuesday, but this uh, hacking cough just suddenly comes. It's a hacking and a wheezing cough. It just comes out of nowhere. Hey, you know, it, 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 time will fix it all, right? It is what it is, as Brian Billick used to say. Uh, KZ, uh, some interesting football games. But before we go into the football games, on a, I guess on a scale of 1 to 10, three coaching, I guess two coaching legends and one, in my opinion, near legend in uh, Pete Carroll uh, are all out of work. Uh, one by, I guess, Saban on his own, uh, decided to leave Alabama. Pete Carroll, uh, was let go, although they're going to keep him on board in some capacity unless he gets another job. And Bill Belichick let go, uh, by the New England Patriots. Which one were you most surprised by? Um, I, I guess Pete Carroll I was most surprised by. Yeah, because there, um, no, there was no collapse there. And there was no well, desire on his part to, to leave. But there was also not a lot of noise about it. Yeah. Um, you know, the the Saban thing, we've heard that for a couple of years yeah. now that, you know, he didn't know how long, he didn't know when the right time was going to be. The Belichick thing, you know, it just went south this year. And midway through the season, there started to be rumblings of that. The Pete Carroll thing really never you know, you really never heard about that. Um, you know, a little bit of rumbling, but not not like the other two. So I guess that one the ones that surprised me the most. But um, you know, I'd have gotten we, rid of him after he didn't give Marshawn the ball. So we <laughs> we know we know Bill Belichick will end up on the sideline somewhere coaching next year, um, being so close to Don Shula's record. But do you see Pete Carroll coaching again? And this is a guy who really made his legend, even though he did win an NFL Super Bowl, the only one in Seattle's history, but really was kind of a legendary coach in his nine years at USC. Could he pop back into college football? I, I mean, I, I guess he could be coaxed to it. Um, you know, with them reassigning him within the organization, I, I, I kind of doubt it. I mean, it. At some point, when you're in your 70s, Stan, you got to make a decision. How long am I going to do this? And you know, you're you're away so much from your family and things like that. I, I would probably mean that he won't do it. But, okay. You know, it's in the, it's in these guys' blood. So it, it's did you get that itch? You're home for about six months, and then you're like, "What am I doing here? Yeah. I, I can't do this." So yeah. Um, but he, I, I would surprise. I would be surprised if he. If he, especially in this upcoming season, maybe maybe in another year, maybe in the college ranks and things like that, I think that's a good call. But uh, I'd be surprised if he didn't sit one out. Is Dan Quinn the most attractive candidate for that position in Seattle? I mean, I guess so. Uh, I mean, if I'm Seattle, I, 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 I'd want a, a young, offensive-minded guy. Um, you know, to go there, they got, they have all these weapons all over the place and, you know, didn't really, you haven't, haven't really utilized them greatly this yeah. past season. Um, you know, maybe a little bit modern approach where it's not so run heavy as, as Pete Carroll liked to do it, uh, would go a, a long way, but 
you know, Quinn, Quinn's a, you know, Quinn's one of those guys that he's a better coordinator than he is a head coach. Okay. And, and, and there are guys, it's nothing wrong with that. Um, but he had his shot. He failed miserably. Um, there are a lot of young coaches. I mean, that, that have been successful in this league. Hopefully they don't take the, you know, McDonald anywhere from Baltimore for a long time. And the Ravens are smart enough to lock him up at a, yeah. at a little bit of a raise, but, um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I I guess I guess Quinn is going to be probably the the one coach that gets the most interviews in this go round. One uh, one quick question about uh, the Ravens' uh, uh, defensive coordinator. When you say you hope they give him a, you know a raise somewhat to lock him in, that raise in this day and age that's got to be like about a million and a half dollar raise, doesn't it? To really lock him in from pursuing uh, uh, other coaching jobs, I mean, I mean, they did it with the GM position. Yeah. Why can't you do it with the coaching no, position? No, I'm in I agreement just, with I, you. I just look at, I mean, I, I look, you know, Harbaugh's going to coach here till he doesn't want to coach here anymore. But, right. um, you know, it, is it a, is he here for five more years? Is he here for ten more years? If he's here for ten more years, I mean, that's a long time to to wait. But if yeah. If there's something within the organization that says, you know, by 65, I want to go back and, and enjoy the rest of my life with my my family, uh, maybe there's a, a situation there. But no. he's going to get some looks. He's done a phenomenal job for two years now um, with the Ravens defense, uh, you know, and I'd be I'd be very very concerned as a Ravens fan if he if he were to move on. Yeah, agreed. That was, was going to be my question, Casey. I mean, now we, the only thing that I'm worried about now is with all these there's more head coaching vacancies which means there's more opportunities for Mike McDonald or maybe even Todd Munkin you think there's any chance Todd Munkin uh, I know there hasn't been any official interview requests for Munkin yet but do you think uh you know teams start taking taking notice of what they did with this Ravens offense and Lamar Jackson I mean they'll take notice I, I again I think Munkin is a, is a great coordinator and he's always been a yeah. great coordinator and I think that, that that's the role he was meant to be in um so I you know I mean, how old is Moncton? I don't. I don't even know. Some Munkin, of these guys Munkin's even, fifty-four, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if he they he even has those aspirations. Fifty-seven. Um, maybe fifty-seven. He's fifty-seven. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he looks like he's I, thrilled up in that in that yeah, booth. Yeah, I, I mean, what what else are you going to do besides? I mean, as an offensive coordinator and a creative offensive mind, what better than than having a, a team led by Lamar Jackson than, than you're going to get? Um, you know, it's easy to 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 say that his offense can translate anywhere because of what he came, what he did at Georgia. But um, you know, he's dealing with one of one right now. So, I, I think he would remain. I think McDonald's the one we got to really look at. All right, ready to get into it, Stan? I'm ready, willing, and able. Uh, do let's uh, do a quick reminder. So, all these lines are going to be brought to us by Superbook, Stan. Uh, Superbook Sports. That's yeah. correct. Uh, that's where we get all these lines. Where you can also use the code. Uh, we're using Glenn Clark twenty three. We're using Stan Charles twenty three. We're using either one of them. They're both out there. And when you sign up at Superbook, and you'll receive up to two hundred and fifty dollars in a same day first bet match, win or lose. Download the Superbook app. Or visit superbook.com to take advantage of this great offer today. Go ahead. Glenn. It is uh, it is Super Wild Card Weekend, and uh, getting things started uh, will be at NRG Stadium in Houston. The Texans, the AFC South champions, will welcome the Cleveland Browns and Joe Flacco. 
And the Browns, they are uh, laying two and a half points going in on the road against C.J. Stroud and the Texans. Uh, so, so Browns minus two and a half. What do you think, Stan? This is this is one of the tougher games on the board for me uh, this week. Um, everybody I talk to th- is going with the Cleveland Browns. I think De- DeMarco um, uh, D'Amico Ryan's, D'Amico yeah. Ryan's has got something a little special going there for a little bit longer than the Joe Flacco miracle in Cleveland. They are playing at home, which I think is a big factor. I'm going to take the two and a half points in that game. And, right. and take, take the Texas. Houston. I really love C.J. Stroud. And I think Flacco, even uh, though he's playing at a high level, still has a tendency to throw one too many picks for me. KZ? Uh, it's January Joe. I mean, I, I'm not a, you know, I, I'd, li- I, I'd like you to be 100% right because uh, I – I'm tired of the Joe Flacco story. I'm tired of people in Baltimore rooting for Joe Flacco. He's with he's with the Cleveland Browns. I don't care anymore. Um, so I'm not gonna. I mean, he's he's never lost a wild card game. It's also five and two and a half. Spread. Two and a half. Two and a half isn't enough to sway me. They have the better defense. I think Houston's a great story. I unfortunately think it ends here. And Cleveland's going to be my pick. Um, yeah, I mean, the Browns are just coming off a couple weeks ago, destroying this very Texans team. Um, I'm not really sure. That was when Amari Cooper had his 250-yard, 260-yard, however many yards he had. I'm not really sure if they're going to be able to slow him down that was a game that, that Stroud missed, didn't That is he? correct. CJ Stroud did not play. Um, but, you know, and as, as KZ mentioned, you know, Flacco's 5-0 and straight up and against the spread in, uh, in, wild card, in the wild card round in the playoffs. Um, but I do, you know, CJ Stroud is back and I think, uh, I know he's a rookie in the playoffs, but I think he's, he's a different rookie. They're at home. Um, it is really, really hard for me to, to go against Flacco here because I, I think deep down, I, I feel like the Browns will find a way to, to win this game. Um, but I gotta go with the team taking points here. I'm, uh, I'm way behind. I should have updated the standings before we got into this, uh, but I'm way behind. So I also think I need to, you know, to make a couple reckless decisions for, for lack of a better word. So I'm taking the Texans here. Um, so you're agreeing with me, but calling me reckless. Yeah, I am. Okay. That is, that is correct. Right. I think uh, right. that, that, that's most situations. Uh, All right. Um, on the Texans, Stan and I are not alone. John and uh, – sorry, not John alone. Dr. Nick Kelly is on the Houston Texans, as well as Glenn. Glenn will be taking the Houston Texans. So those are the four of us on Houston this week. Uh, oh, sorry, Jeremy Kahn also on the Texans. Long, we got a long list. There's a lot of people in this league. That's Stan, the so key I, is Jeremy Kahn went with the Texans. Right? Yeah, well, you would think <laughs> that, that. That is the key. That, that, you is, the key. Is, the key, that. that is the key, Stan, that we go the other way with Jeremy Kahn. Jeremy yeah. Kahn joined our contest a little bit late. He is in last place. He's, 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 he's locked up. Up, uh, last place in our picks contest. He joined about three or four weeks in. Can I change claimed... my pick then to Cleveland? <laughs> no, it's not how this works, Stan. Not how this works. Okay. Um, so he is in last place. I am in uh, second to last place. So Stan, so Jeremy is going to have to eat our concoctions of Will Levis uh, Irish coffee. He's going to have to do an Irish dance. He's going to have to eat more Irish uh, delicacies that are not really delicacies. They're not very good. Um, so Jeremy is going to lose. I am in second to last place, and that means that I'm going to have to go to a Creed concert uh, by by myself. If, if a what if concert? A Creed concert. Oh, good. If results hold, can uh, I go with you? The, the the apparently the rules are that I have to go by myself. Okay. To make it even worse. Um, I mean, I would love for you to stand. I would love. I would absolutely. Yeah, because I'd kill for, for Creed concerts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I'm currently ten games back. Nine, yeah, I'm ten games back of uh, of uh, of Paul Valley. So I need to go against him. Fortunately, in this first pick, I am against him, um, and I need to be pretty much perfect the rest of the way. So it doesn't seem uh, doesn't seem likely. Um, Paul and Kyle Oddenheimer are in uh, are, are a couple games ahead of me. Uh, in first place is John and Little Rock. And uh, it is tied up tight up, up at the top. Glenn is a game back of John and Little Rock, and then three games back of John and Little Rock are Andrew Stecka and Ken Zalis playing for. How uh, many people are in this? Show? We have eleven people this okay. year. Eleven right. people this season in our contest. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to the second game of Super Wild Card Weekend, Saturday night. It is on Peacock exclusively on Peacock. So make sure you have your subscription uh, already. Is this already the game Al in. Michaels is going to be doing? Is this Al Michaels? I Think th- I want to say this is actually going to be Mike I'm Tarico. Kidding. I'm kidding. I think Al Michaels, Al Michaels is not doing any games. Is, is he doing the NBC game? Ken? No, he's you not know? doing any games. Well, there's a game Sunday night, and I but wasn't, he's not. Doing well, Tarico's doing the Peacock game. Yeah. So Tarico's going to do Sunday and as Saturday far as night? I understood, Al Michaels was furious that he hadn't been told that he wasn't doing the um, Amazon Prime game or something like that. Because um, you know, that's in my contract. It's in my contract. Oh yeah, you're right. He is not calling the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this this is Tarico on a Peacock. Um, it is Miami at Kansas City, and the Chiefs are laying four and a half points. And uh, you mentioned earlier, Stan, frigid uh, frigid weather in Kansas City. Yeah. Um, for this week only, I'm going to think that the Dolphins are going to be a little too soft to to match up with Patrick Mahomes, and I think the uh, while I don't think they're going to come out for the entire playoffs, I think the Kansas City Chiefs come out a little bit in this one. And although four and a half is a little bit of a steep number, I don't think it's too steep in these weather conditions for Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. So I'm taking the uh, Kansas City Chiefs in this football game. KZ? Yeah, I don't believe in either one of these teams right now, um, but – I agree with you. Ultimately, I agree with you. I mean, the Dolphins are like owing a billion in games under 40 uh, degrees, and this is going to be like minus two, I heard, or something like that. It's going to be one of the coldest games in NFL history, like top five or something like that. I I think uh, Isaiah Pacheco is the the key to this game. I think they run him often. Um, And the Dolphins struggle a little bit. Look, they – they're reaching for straws right now on the defensive end. They've signed anybody that was a free agent to come in and try to help them. They're they're banged up at all three levels. I, I just I just don't see them in in this type of frigid condition being able to do much of anything. And and I'll take Kansas City. Hey KZ, you and I haven't talked draft in a long time. I mean four or five years. I really respected you. Did you know about Isaiah Pacheco and think he was going to be this type of player? Out of, uh, Rut- out of Rutgers. No, know about him. Yes, uh, this type of player. No, um, because especially when he came into the league, it looked like he was just uh, he he wasn't in a great situation mm-hmm. um, at first. Even though I can't see he was behind a couple of guys, and they had just drafted Ceh, and were still you know trying to figure out if they had something there. Um, and even even this past year, I mean they. They weren't convinced themselves. They brought in some rookies. Uh, David Prince came in, and a couple other guys came in to to give Pacheco some competition. But uh, you know, the one thing that you always liked about him is how hard he plays. Yeah, he and, really and does play hard. 
that's that's evident um, so far in his NFL career. Okay, uh, Griff. Uh, I am going to. Uh, I'm going to have to go against you guys. Yeah, because uh, you're being reckless. Yeah, but I do, I do have to be a little reckless. But I also I do think Miami has a has a real chance in this game. Uh, it's going to be tough for them to win. Um, you know, going into Kansas City, but I think this is going to be a low scoring game. Four and a half is going to be too many points for me. I think there's a little bit of revenge factor for the Dolphins after losing to the Chiefs. Uh, um, in the regular season, um, and I think the Dolphins' defense is, however banged up they they are now, um, they've still been pretty good. Like they they held uh, they they forced three turnovers against the Bills last week. Um, they had a chance to to win that game, um, and they didn't. Um, but the first time around, uh, Jalen Ramsey he took away Rasheed Rice in their first meeting. Um, I think they're going to try to do that again, and uh, I, and would think that they have some success here. I think it's a low scoring game, um, probably something like seventeen thirteen, maybe Chiefs Chiefs probably do figure out a way to pull it out um but four and a half is too much for me so i will take the dolphins bad news for me is that uh, paul valley is on the same side as me so i don't really have any chance to pick up any points here um joining paul and i on the dolphins is glenn glenn's on the dolphins john proctor is on the miami dolphins as well as andrew stetka on the miami dolphins an esteemed uh, trio there oh yeah uh, on to Sunday. This is the 1 o'clock game on CBS. Uh, they're calling for, uh, well, actually, I don't know if they're going to get buckets of snow, but they're calling they're for some, some snow. snow. It's 25 Mostly, degrees and windy. I think I saw a lot of wind. Yeah. Very, very windy in Buffalo yeah. uh, as the Bills lay 10 points against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I, I feel that the, the real Pittsburgh Steelers are going to get exposed this week. Uh, I get it's the playoffs. I get that this is a double-digit uh, spread, but give me as much of the uh, Dolph- uh, of the Bills as I can take. Okay, I love the Bills in this football game. I think the I think any chance that the Steelers had to keep it close went out the window with T.J. Watts uh, going to miss the football game. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that T.J. Watt. It's a huge loss for this defense. Um, Ten is a huge number in the playoffs. I mean, it's just a, a huge number. I think it speaks uh, to. I know it's your your forum right this second. It speaks to how terrible the Steelers really are. Well, yeah, but I mean that's a that's a that's a ten and seven team that can run the football. You have a Buffalo team that look even with their what what they win by ten last week. Uh, you know, turn the ball over three times. If if Pittsburgh plays clean, is able to run the ball, and uh, Buffalo, uh, you know, doesn't you know continues to turn the ball over. Yeah, ten's a crazy number. Yeah, yeah. but I'm going to take the Bills anyway because I think the Steelers stink. So that's that was um, my and Buffalo and Buffalo's rolling um, as as much as anybody outside of the Ravens, uh, you know, right now. Uh, I, I think that uh, I think that the 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 Steelers will have a tough time uh, putting some offense together here. Uh, yeah, I mean, ditto exactly what you guys said. Ten is a ridiculous number for the playoffs, but the Steelers without T.J. Watt are are they're barely uh, they're barely an NFL. This team, is Mason Rudolph is quarterbacking, and I understand yeah, Josh Allen's um, made a lot. Of I don't mistakes. trust him. I mean, I, like literally, I saw fifty mile per hour winds uh, at, at points during this game. Um, so I, I don't really think uh, Mason Rudolph. If it really matters uh, who's going to be under center, because I don't think the quarterbacks have or the quarterbacks the Steelers have a quarterback on their roster that can throw the ball through this this strong of wind 
Um, not that, not that Josh Allen's going to have much success throwing the ball either, but I think this game is probably something like 12-0, um, and I don't see the Steelers really, really struggling to get on the board here, um, as well as the Bills, but you know they're gonna, they, they will figure out a way to score at home. So uh, I think uh, I'll take the Bills and the under in this one uh, as well. Um, uh, good news for me, I'm finally going against Paul. Or no, I was against Paul in the first one as well, but I'm against Paul. Paul is on the Steelers in this one. Um, Ten too big a number for him. John Proctor on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Dr. Nick Kelly and Ryan Shell on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ten just too much for them. Uh, staying on Sunday at 4.30, the afternoon game on Fox. It is the Dallas Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers and the Cowboys. They are laying seven and a half points, Dan. Seven and a half against Jordan Love and the Packers. Look, uh, about the 17-game the season is a long, long season. Middle of December, the Green Bay Packers were on a little bit of a roll. I mean, it wasn't that they had, you know, it wasn't exactly like they beat, uh, three straight Super Bowl champions or something like that. But they really looked it looked like Jordan Love was coming into his own and that they had might have something special there. And I'm not saying they don't. Uh, I think time has proven already that it was smart for them to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Um, but I got to tell you, they disappointed me a great deal down the stretch, the Green Bay Packers. And while this is a big number, seven and a half points, I think it's reflective of where the money really sits on this game. Uh, I know you probably factor in an extra point for being Dallas, but I think Dallas covers a seven and a half here at home. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think the Green Bay story is great. I think Jordan Love has a very bright future as the franchise quarterback there, but Dallas has been really, really good at home this year. And the one problem with the Green Bay Packers is their Have they been undefeated, KZ? Are they undefeated at home? I believe they are. Okay. I, I believe they are. Um, and and Green Bay's defense, their secondary is ranked 28th in the league. Dak and, and, and C.D. Lamb are just on another level right now. I don't think that I – if I had to pick a blowout this weekend, this would probably be the game that I picked it in. Um, and I'll take Dallas to cover that. I uh, I kind of wish I saw it the same way you guys do, because um, it's hard to go against the Cowboys right now. Um, they look they look pretty astonishing, especially at home. But uh, you know the Packers are a, a team that I was counting out pretty pretty a, a lot towards the end of the season, um, and they proved me wrong. And uh, I think they're a good team. And the Cowboys just haven't really they haven't put away the the good like good teams like they like they should. They're they uh, the only good teams what they played at home were the Lions and the Seahawks and the Seahawks they the Seahawks had a chance to to to, to really go win that game, um, and the Lions how probably exa- should have How won. exactly did the Packers kind of prove you wrong? I mean the Packers I, I, I didn't down think- the stretch the Packers lost to the Giants twenty four to twenty two, they lost to Tampa at home by fourteen points, yeah, and then they beat the Panthers by three points. That's just not well. Whatever what in this contest specifically, whenever I went against the Packers, it felt yeah. like they uh, they they, they okay. got me. So uh, right. so that is why I I uh, I wasn't buying into Jordan Love. Okay, I'm gonna buy him to enough here for to take seven and a half because it's a lot of points. Uh, yeah, against it is the, a lot of points, um, and I think they're a good team. Um, on their four, the Packers are four and five on the road, but all five of their uh, losses have been by four points or less. So uh, so I'm going to take uh, the Green Bay Packers. They're also aver- averaging the third most points on the road this season, 25 points per game on the road for the All Packers. Right. So uh, I'm going to take the Packers. Um, unfortunately, Paul Valley is also on the Packers, so I can't gain any ground here. 
Um, Glenn is on the Packers this week. John Proctor is on the Green Bay Packers, and uh, that is it. We are the four on Green Bay. Everybody else uh, likes the likes likes the Cowboys uh, by by by. Uh, I mean, the smart money is on the Cowboys. I mean, you know, I I wouldn't say that, but okay. I I think the smart I money did. is wherever I, I put my money. Okay. Which is the which is which I guess would be would put you in a lot of debt uh, this this season yeah. if you had been following me. <laughs> Uh, to Sunday night, uh, what everyone is calling the game of the week, it is yeah. the Los Angeles Rams at the Detroit Lions, and the Lions are laying three points on Sunday night football against uh, Matt Stafford and the Rams. This this is uh, really one of the most compelling first-round playoff matchups that I've seen in years. I think this is a game that has so many different facets to it. You know, the Matthew Stafford thing going to the Rams and the um, – uh, <laughs> excuse me, what's the quarterback that's with the Lions? Jared Goff. 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 Yes. And he's announced that this is going to be a kind of a mortal wound for him, that he was let go by the Rams in that trade. It's it's going to hurt forever type of thing. This is really a compelling matchup for me. I just think that the better coach is Sean McVay. <clears throat> He'll do smarter things. And, boy, those receivers that Matthew Stafford has at his disposal uh, are just just out-and-out out fantastic. Uh, I like the uh, Detroit uh, – the uh, I like the Los Angeles Rams here getting three points. So, Stan, you make a lot of sense. Um, but this this has been, as, as Griff knows, from day one outside of the Baltimore Ravens, this has been my, my team. I have stuck with Detroit the entire year. Mm -hmm. I think their defense has been improved. Not great, but improved. My biggest problem here is Sam Laporta may not play yeah. in this game. Yeah. And if he does play, it's not going to be 100%. But Detroit's played well at home. Um, I, I'm not even – I'm going against myself because I, I agree with everything you said, and I love what the Rams bring – offensively and defensively for that matter i just think this is a special year in detroit um and i think they keep it going one more time i'll, I'll lay the three points maybe it's a pushy type game for me okay um but uh, i'll lay the three and i'll take the lines all right mr bass i uh i'm going to be taking the lines as well i uh i think uh as you mentioned i think golf uh, is going to be pretty uh upset about this it's a little bit of a revenge factor for jared golf i think the Lions' defense has also been pretty good um and uh, they, they'll, they'll, I mean, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua are, uh, are going to get theirs at some point. Um, but I think they'll be able to slow them down enough. And they'll be able to, you know, make Matt Stafford uncomfortable enough uh, that, you know, that, that he uh, doesn't, doesn't, you know. And, and plus, it's going to be a, a crazy crowd at Ford Field. I mean, the first home playoff game since 93, right? Um, and uh, what? <laughs> what? What's so funny? I'm just laughing. You just, Is this just, the you, first home playoff just, game at Ford Field? Uh, I would believe. I believe so. Well, it, KZ, is that accurate? It's been a while. Is this a? Is this I mean, the I, new? I would think it's how a long they've been in the stadium. I mean, <laughs> it's it's been a long time. Uh, I think Wayne Fonts was the last head coach that had a home game. Uh, I don't like going against the Lions. It's been fun to bet with the Lions this year, and even when you're against the Lions and they and they lose, uh, it, it still feels like kind of like it's been the right pick this season. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna take the Lions, getting their uh, first playoff win since 1991, and uh, and uh, hopefully steal some points here. Because uh, surprisingly, uh, well, I guess I guess not too surprisingly, but uh, most of the most of the group here is on the Rams. Myself is on the Lions. 
Ken is on the lines. Joining us is Dr. Nick Kelly, of course, because he's a big Detroiters fan. He hasn't gone against Detroit, I don't think, at all this season. And we have uh, 11 players in this team. 12, Every 12, time, 12 with 12, you this okay, week. Okay, but, but it sounds like there's like 22 players Okay. Just give, just throwing out different names every yeah, single time. Yeah, every time. Yeah. Uh, Proctor, uh, Ken, Dr. Nick Kelly, and myself on the Detroit Lions this week. Uh, and then finally to our last game of the week, it is the Philadelphia Eagles at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. It is on every single ESPN network, ABC, ESPN, ESPN+, Plus, ESPN2. There's a Manning cast. Uh, and it's the Buccaneers, the NFC South champions, hosting the uh, NFC East wildcard Philadelphia Eagles. And the Eagles are going into Tampa. They are three-point favorites, Stan. Three-point favorites, the Eagles are. Okay. Yeah. All right. And that's enough for you? You're going to take the Eagles? Uh, no. I, I'm, no. I'm, I, I've, seen this, I've seen this game in different uniforms before where you go – Oh come on! The Eagles were you know a few plays away from winning the Super Bowl, and they were ten and one this year. Don't don't ask me to distill what it is that happened to the Eagles this year, but I think it's still in the process of happening, and I think Baker Mayfield is just pesky enough to put together a really good football game, and I like Tampa in this football game. KZ? KZ? I don't know how the Eagles come back from what they've done the last six weeks. Yeah, I, they, they, they feel like a team They feel like a team that's flushing down the toilet right now for a season. Well, they, they're, 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 they're certainly they're giving up points to teams that you don't think they can score. Yep. They're losing games to teams they shouldn't lose to. And I, they just seem lost. And I don't know that a week – fixes that um you know tampa you know coming into uh, semi-cold weather but they have some offensive weapons and this game is in tampa i mean i mean yeah, yeah. i mean i mean you're right i yeah. mean because yeah. I, I think that the eagles were so good for so long it's it's hard to imagine that they're on the road i i'm getting three points as a home dog right that's correct yeah i'm gonna take tampa yep you're taking Tampa as well, right? Stan? Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to go against you guys. Uh, um, well, you have to. I do have to. I feel like it also kind of mirrors the scenario that the Cowboys were in last year. They laid a dud in the in Week 18 against uh, against Washington, and then they came out on Monday night and looked uh, and looked the part against a Buccaneers team that really shouldn't, uh, once again, should not be in the playoffs. Um, and you know, I, Nick Sirianni to me is a good coach, so I believe he uh, gets this Eagles team up enough uh, to to win. I think pretty convincingly, not maybe not like not too convincingly, but you know, I think uh, I think they win by a, definitely at least a touchdown. The Eagles. Listening to your bus. logic on all these games, I understand why you've had a poor season. <laughs> Jeez, like I'm a God. like I'm a genius. The unfortunate like, part for me, like I've made a million dollars this year. Okay. The unfortunate part for me is uh, Paul is on the same side, so he's on the Eagles as well. Uh, joining myself and Paul on the Eagles is Glenn. It is Kyle Ottenheimer on the Eagles. Uh, John and Little Rock is on the Eagles. Ryan Shell and Andrew Stecka also on the Philadelphia Eagles. As uh, that will wind down our uh, the final, the sixth and final game of Super Wild Card Weekend. Hey KZ, uh, many thanks for helping out this week. As much psychologically as doing an extra show, you were there for me because this was a rough week. Okay. It's all good. Anytime, Stan. You, uh, you love got, you. Love yeah. you, brother. Miss you. Okay. Love all you right. guys. All right. Hey, that is our pick segment. But speaking of picks, you've got a chance to make a great pick 
starting late this weekend, either late Saturday or Sunday at all the Glory Days locations in the state of Maryland and at Guilford Hall Brewery. Press Box is urging, urging you to drink a beer or two in honor of Tony Saragusa. Starting Monday, January 15th, Guilford Hall Brewery is releasing Goose Flights, a delicious lager to support Goose's medical transportation jet company. As many of you know, the Goose, the Goose Flight Foundation, now run by Tony's kids, charitably flies needy patients to emergency treatment. You can buy Goose Flight Lager exclusively at Glory Days Grill or Guilford Hall Brewery. Two bucks of every purchase goes to the cause. Raise a glass to Tony and support the great this great foundation. Go to PressBoxOnline.com and learn all about it. Toast the late Tony Saragusa with Goose Flights Lager from Guilford Hall Brewery and support the Goose Flights Foundation mission. Available starting this Monday at Guilford Hall Brewery and all Maryland Glory Days Grill locations. Go to PressBoxOnline.com to learn more. We'll be back. The one and only Jim Henneman joins us for some baseball talk when we get back. Hey, it's Jeremy Kahn. This postseason, bet in person at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks with locations in Canton and in Towson and enjoy the best in-class sports wagering experience at their state-of-the-art facilities, bringing an unmatched sports betting thrill. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of special Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steamed crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Come for a game, stay for everything else. 
Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at Baltimore.org slash hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR. Stan the Fan back here, uh, sitting in for Glenn Clark. Glenn Clark is, of course, uh, broadcasting the uh, National Shuffleboard uh, Tournament uh, on the SS Minnow. The Minnow was the uh, was the Gilligan's Island ship. Wasn't is it? it? I, I will yeah. uh, default to you. I should probably know more about Gilligan's Island. I uh, Regrettably. Great show. Oh, okay. Starred yeah, the uh, incomparable Tina Louise. Of course. Was, and and of course. Professor Thurston Howe III, played by Jim, the immortal Jim Backus, who had one of the great acting careers of all time. Do we have Mr. Henneman yet? I'm trying to get in contact right all now. Right. Jim Henneman's going to join us, and we're going to talk a little bit, get Jim's opinion of the Orioles' pursuit of starting pitching. Uh, and also take a look at this uh, Hall of Fame class that is uh, about to come to pass in the next, uh, you know, couple weeks uh, will be announced uh, in the Baseball Hall of Fame. So joining us, joining us right now, a, a tiny bit late on our part, is the um, incomparable Jim Henneman. Still writes for Press Box and still going strong. Jim, how are you? Happy, healthy New Year to you this year. Thank you, Stan. Same to you and everybody. All right. But <laughs> wanted to get you on. I'm just getting over a, a bout of COVID. Uh, I've got, okay. Well, I've, I've got the hacking, hacking, wheezing cough. But other than that, I'm feeling much, much better. Jim, two main topics I want to talk to you about, and I thought we'd start with something that is particularly uh, a passion of yours, which is the Hall of Fame. And then I want to touch on how you think the rest of this offseason might go for the Orioles uh, in solving some pitching problems or whether you even agree that there is a real pitching problem there. But let's start with the Hall of Fame. Um, Have you sent in your ballot yet? Uh, I have, yeah. Well, yeah, the ballots, yeah, they they had to they, be in. They're all in. Okay. Can you uh, mind sharing of, with us who who you do you mind sharing with us who you voted for? I yeah, and I I don't really have I don't have the entire list in front of me, but uh, and I wish I, if I'd had time to get my notes together, I would have pulled it out. But uh, you know, you you can uh, you know you can ask me. I can tell you. I mean, I have so belt so Beltray is about. Beltre is a slam dunk, right? In my mind, yes, yeah. yes. Okay. And uh, I, yeah, I think that'll be. Uh, I think th- that very likely will be uh, on like a nothing is a no brainer. But yeah, I think he's. I think he's a certainty. Yeah, and okay. I think they'll. I think there'll be some other. I mean, I think that's probably going to be the year that Helton uh, will make it. Um, you know, I'm not sure about, you know, Sheffield has been, has been on the bubble. He's, this is his last year, Billy Wagner. Um, but uh, I I would be surprised if Helton and, and Bill Trade didn't go in. Let's put it that way. All right. Um, 
Jim, do you think, I, I know when you vote, you're not sitting there going, boy, if I vote for Joe Maurer, that means that three people could go in. It seems like there's like this threshold that, you know, one is too little, two is perfect, and three might, and one year might be too much. Do you think? No, uh, I, do you no, think? I have no, I have no feelings along those regards at all. Okay. Um, and ne- never have, uh, and 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 never will. I mean, I I probably will. Uh, you if, yeah, I would say within the next year or two, I probably will 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 no longer vote. But I mean, I'm still. Uh, I mean, there's still players there that that were active during during the, my most active times, and and guys I feel strongly about. So uh, otherwise, uh. uh and the fact that I've been able to stay close enough to the game uh, that I, uh, I, I don't, I mean, I could voluntarily give up my vote, but I won't give it up as long as, as long as it's, as long, as long as it's acceptable to, uh, to those people that are in, in charge of that stuff. All right. Uh, you, so, so far you mentioned Beltre is helping those people you think would get in. I've been on about a four year mission and I don't have the, I don't have the vote. And I don't have the uh, soapbox that I used to have many, many years mm-hmm. ago. But I think Billy Wagner, for a, a relief pitcher, and I know he doesn't have the innings total that Mariano has, but he's actually ahead of Mariano Rivera in whip by like a, a decimal yeah, well, point. And, 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 you know, whip is fine. It's a fancy number. It's a sexy, you know, it's a sexy number. Uh, I, I don't, I, it's not something I would go on. Strictly, uh, the innings thing is probably the biggest thing with him. He has about a hundred less innings than uh, than Trevor Huffman. But for me, uh, for uh, there's never been any doubt. I vote for him every year. So, yeah, I think he's uh, uh, out and out for uh, all of Fenway. Do you think yeah, this is? But the... he, he, his his early years were vote totals were. Uh, I, I was amazed at how low they were. But, yeah. Uh, you, know, you know, but it, it has it has picked up. So. And do you think he will go to get in? He's got a big. He's got well. He's still got. I, I'm, like I said, I don't have. I don't have my, my my stuff right in front of me. He's not in this last year right now. I don't believe, but he's getting close. Uh, I expect that he'll be in. Yeah, I think people that people like Ron Darling and people like that who have who have, you know, uh, promoted his case. You know, not that it really needs promoting, and not that it, and not that it. Hey, look, it took Burt Blyland, you know, fourteen yep. years to get in. I mean, yep. uh, you know, so. And I mean, there's still people that, that debate, you know, whether he belongs or not. And, and of course, again, that's another one. There's never, never a doubt in my mind about that either. But that, you know, that, that's that's why, you know, that's, that's why 75 percent is awful hard to get. I mean, uh, and so, Jim, and Jim, we're at the the this uh, v- the the Hall of Fame tracker through January 11th, which I guess is today. They got Beltre at ninety-eight point six, Mauer second at eighty-three point seven. I guess my question wouldn't be: Is Joe Mauer a Hall of Famer? Are you surprised that it appears to be a slam dunk? No, that's that's not a. I, mean, I don't know what the, I have not. I have not been on that tracker at all this year, to be honest with you. But those numbers will go down drastically. I okay. mean, they uh, the early numbers are always. Uh, a lot of people, and, and, I, and I'm in, myself included, uh, I have always held off uh, writing about my my ballot before the announcement, just because, just because, because okay. uh, uh, you know it, it. Not that it, not that it's going to influence anybody, but but I think sometimes uh, some people might think that uh, 
it's it's that I don't. I mean, I think Maurer Maurer was a bubble guy for me, but he was on my ballot. Um, you know, I and again, you know, he's there. There's a stretch on things there. I mean, like Mattingly never made my ballot. And yet there's, and, and I can see there's a, there's a strong case of you look at Mauer and you look at Mattingly and, uh, you, you know, you can make an argument that they're, they're, they're pretty much the same person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't completely agree with that, but it's, it's certainly a valid argument. Um, uh, so I, I don't, I would be amazed at his, if his tally stayed anywhere near that high. Okay. Uh, I would be, I actually would be surprised if he went in on the, in the first year, just, just because it doesn't, it just doesn't seem to happen very often. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sh- I'm shocked you know, that he's number two right now, ahead of Todd Helton and ahead of yeah. Bill Wagner. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, well. That again, you know, I don't know what the, I don't know what the vote, what the, what the, uh, te- what the number, what the number is right now. I mean, the, the final number is going to be somewhere around. The final vote number is going to be somewhere around 400. I'm guessing, which means you need 300. You know, you're gonna need to close to around 300 to, to get in. So okay. Um, All right, well, right now, Beltre 98.6, Mauer 83.7, Helton 83, Wagner mm-hmm. 79.6, and Sheffield yeah. 75.5, and Andrew Jones at 70.1, Beltran at 67.3 percent. Those are the yeah. people in the uh, in the world there. Well, those 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 last numbers are probably probably are an indication to me that those guys that are that are in the seventies right now yeah. are probably going to fall. Are going to probably fall short. Um, that that almost always has been the case. Now, maybe somewhere along the line that that might change, but the, tra- the tradition has been. I mean, this is you know this is kind of like waiting for all the precincts are in in California. Yeah, um, yeah, but. Um, so the you know, the early, um, and, and again, like I say, I'm, you know, my my vote is not is not on that, is not is not among that thing because I they don't because they don't know my but my vote I mean my vote will be public after the fact right uh, but my I have not made mine public so the, what what what's there is is is, the, is voters who have made their vote public. Is so, is anybody past this top five with Sheffield right now at seventy five point five? And I agree with you. I think he will fall short. I think Wagner may right. may eke in, but but it wouldn't right. shock me if he falls below. Right. But is there anybody in that next group? Andrew Jones, Carlos Beltran, Chase Utley. I'm going to leave it at those three players that you think is an out-and-out Hall of Famer, not that they'll get in this year, but you think that there's no question they'll eventually get in? I think Beltran and uh, – um, run, run give me the name. Utley, Utley, Utley and Jones. I think Beltran and, and will, will ultimately get in, I, and I, I think Jones will be too. I'm not so sure about Utley. Okay. Utley has kind of been in the – a lot of people are kind of lumping him in, in, in the Lou Whitaker category right now, which mm. is which is probably not a bad comparison. Um, but I, I think that you know there's something. I mean, Jimmy Rollins is a guy that's uh, you know that that kind of has flown under the radar in this thing a little bit too. So, uh, and I, I'm not going to say that, that the you know, it's kind of like Utley and 
and, and Jimmy Rollins and Trammell and Whitaker. So there's, there's a lot, a lot of thought about, well, if one's good enough, the other one, you know, cause they were both good, uh, good partners. So, um, I think ultimately, yeah. I mean, I think all those, I think, I, look, Fred McGriff, it took, it took the veterans committee for him to get on and people kept saying, well, why, you know, his numbers didn't change. And that's true. Yeah. But here's, here's, here's the, here's the difference with Fred McGriff. If you go back and look at all the years that Fred McGriff was on the ballot, there were like 15 hall of famers that went, were elected into the hall of fame. There were ballots that he was on, mm-hmm. which, which just means that there just wasn't room in some places to, for yeah. people to put him on. Yeah. I mean, he was always, he was always on my ballot, but I can, you know, I, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people, he, because he, and, and he, he, he was hurt cause he, he played for so many teams and, uh, he was in a couple of big trades, which in some cases, for some reason or other people might hold that against you. I, you know, I mean, he was in a couple of major trades, uh, that had some pretty good, uh, players, including hall of famers involved in it. So, um, you know, so, I mean, that's an, in, that's, that's the reason why sometimes it just takes a while. I think Beltran would. I think I think the 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 issue in the in Houston. I think that's hurt him a little bit. Yeah, uh, he's got he's got some pretty good numbers. Uh, you know, it, it, not you know it, maybe not slam dunk, but some of the old some of the old fashioned some of the old numbers that were automatic, supposedly automatic, or are not automatic anymore. I mean, the the, the four hundred home runs has become five hundred, and and in a lot of cases, five hundred has become six hundred. So. Jim, I alluded yeah. to the fact that I've been on a little bit of a bandwagon for Billy Wagner for a number of years. Right. The, uh, not quite as heavily on a bandwagon, but there's a guy who's, I guess, no longer even on the ballot now, uh, is Jeff Kent. I'm counting up yeah. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years of over 100 RBIs. Um, right. It, it Was he, do you think it's his play or I've also heard that he was sort of not the nicest guy in the world to the media. Well, well, first of all, the not not the nicest guy in the world to the media. First of all, the the, the chances of of him having had any direct interaction with with three or hundred of the four hundred voters is almost you know right. Uh, I I mean now there's there is word of mouth. Yeah, but people I don't talk. Know, yeah. I don't know anything about him. Yep. I don't know anything about his personality. All I know about is his numbers. And everybody said, well, he defensively wasn't very good. And I said, well, you know, he wasn't very good defensively, perhaps, but he played in the middle of the infield for all those years and, and, and batted in the middle of the lineup all those years. And he was good enough, you know, to do a lot of things. He, he was, I, I get the, I get the conversation. Uh, I, I think down the road and from a veterans committee, he's probably going to be one of the guys that goes in. Uh, he's going to be one of the guys that, uh, that is going to say, well, they're going to correct the mistakes, which yeah. if, if if there is such a thing, you know, that's cool. I mean, I, you know, listen, there's a couple of guys, there's a couple of guys, I'll, I'll throw two names out you that, that probably in, in the very beginning, you wouldn't give a, uh, bad an idea of thought about it. One is Bobby Abreu uh-huh. and the other is Mark Burley. Yep. And you know, those, those there are things and I, I look at Mark Burley and, and I said, there's a guy that, that pitched 200 innings every year of his career and retired after maybe his best year. And looking at numbers from today, I mean, with, with looking at what's happening with pitchers today, down the road, people are going to look at this thing and say, "Wow, yeah, how come this guy is not in the Hall of yeah. Fame?" And I'm not, I'm not saying that he is a, a slam dunk Hall of Famer, but the more I looked at his his record, 
and the more uh, and for thing he was on my ballot. Now I'm a full ballot guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would rather I would rather make a mistake and keep a guy on the ballot than make a mistake and leave him off. Good for so, you. Good for you. Uh, Jim you is know, is so. Burley is a guy I often look at, but I can't look at him over Andy Pettit. Uh, is Pettit there, a guy there, that's there, a there. mistake guy yeah. that eventually yeah. gets in? Right. He. Um, I think that the, the. But in in all fairness, I mean Andy's thing is his postseason numbers are are off the charts, and yep. and and they're that's not to be held against him. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know whether how much his. You know, I mean he's. You know, I mean he. He was very honest about his you know, PED use and stuff like that, how much that has hurt him, uh, you know, I, I can't really answer, answer, you know, I thought he was borderline, uh, you know, through, through most of it. And I, and I would admit that, that, that Burley certainly is, is borderline. And he himself has said he doesn't think he's a hall of famer, which I, you know, I admire his honesty, but I, I wonder if deep down, uh, you know, he might, uh, Sometimes, sometimes there are numbers out there that just that don't that don't jump off the pages at you, but they're they're pretty impressive. And, it, and to me, his, his consistency over that period of time, and 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 he was as he was as good at the end as he was pretty much anywhere. Which is the same thing about, about Wagner. Wagner had a great year at the end, and just yeah, just retired. He just decided he'd had enough. So Boy, the, the, I mean, if he'd have, he'd have pitched another year or so, I mean, you know, I don't think there's any question he'd already be in. I always I use that war that not war the whip number with him, but the other numbers that are amazing are strikeouts to innings pitched and yeah. and hits hits per inning. You know, I mean, I think he right. pitched like fourteen hundred ninety innings and gave up nine hundred hits or something like that. I mean, yeah, the a, hits thing. Yeah, I mean, they give you the they always they always give you strikeouts per nine innings, which doesn't make any sense to me. It's the strikeouts per inning. The the whip thing is much more of a is is a much better it's a much better number than strikeouts per nine innings. I mean, who, I mean, nobody goes nine innings anymore. So what, you know, what's the point? So, uh, that's just how many strikeouts per inning. It's, that's really the, you know, that's, that's really the measuring stick. All right, Jim, uh, I really appreciate your taking us down the, the hall of fame ballot and, and your thoughts on that. Uh, baseball season is about what five weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting in, yeah. Sa- in Sarasota. It seems the older we get, the off season moves by even faster, doesn't it, Jim? It does. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, winter is. Uh, I mean, like if if you really get into that, I mean, winter is sometimes between the Super Bowl and pitchers and catchers, and that's about two days. So yeah, um, I love that quote that Janet Marie Smith put in. Uh, in the stadium down there in Al Smith Stadium, uh, which is uh, people ask me what I do during the off season, and I sit out the window and wait until spring comes. I think it was uh, right, Hannes yeah. Wagner uh, that said that. Yeah. Wagner uh, Hornsby, one of those yeah, guys. Yeah, I think it was Rogers yeah. Hornsby. I think it was yeah. Rogers Hornsby. Yeah. Um, it's right around the corner. Your thoughts on the um, – look, look, from a PR standpoint, I get what Mike Elias does. He ascribes firmly to loose lips sink ships. There, this is the most tight-lipped Orioles organization I've ever seen. Uh, it's not going to change while he's here, and I'm not even criticizing him. But from a PR standpoint, it doesn't excite the fan base. Uh, your thoughts on the postseason so far or, or Mike Elias' offseason up to date right now? I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm not, 
Uh, first of all, everybody, everybody has said from the get go that they need, you know, they need an ace. Well, I mean, I'm in my, in my mind right now, I think he feels like he has two. In Bradison, uh, I, I think in Bradison he feels now, they're not, the numbers are not there. They, they don't, they, you know, they back it up, but I think that he's got two. Uh, he feels like he has two that, and that, you know, that will can, can be in that, in that situation. I, I never felt that he was going to go out and sign, get a, and get a number one starter. I don't see anybody out there uh, beyond, and even, I mean, even the Montgomery's and, I mean, Snow would be an exception, exception, I mm-hmm. guess. But I don't really. I mean, Montgomery would be it would be a, a nice addition, but he wouldn't be a guy that you would slot at the top of this rotation. I don't automatically. I mean, you, you know, he might pitch his way there, but uh, in, in the past, the, the guys that they brought in to be number ones were were, were placeholders. I mean, Gibson yeah. was as a plus face it. I mean, he did he did a great job for what they wanted. There's no question about that. And uh, and so did the you know so did the Allow the, the guy, the guy yep. the year before. Yep. Um, in, in both cases, people were saying they just, you know, they why not bring him back? Well, you know, they they got it. They need a room. I don't really think that the pitching staff, as as it ended uh, in, in the rotation, needs a whole lot of needs more than than some depth. And uh, if if means, I think to me means is a big question mark. If if and when I say that, I mean he's going to have to come back and 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 show that he's healthy. If he is, I mean if he's a John Means from a couple years ago, then they're in pretty good shape. Because because I think the guy that everybody goes to sleep on is is Kramer. Mm-hmm. And uh, been a very solid you know, service there. And pitcher. and I'm a, I'm a big deal Hall Hall fan. I know you you know you you think he might be in the ball. I I would never put him in the bullpen until I it was the absolute. Last resort. I, w- I wouldn't. I wouldn't go there. And that's one of the things. I'm one reason why I'm glad they got Kimbrel because at least Kimbrel has closing experience and he's going to be got expected to do that job. And nobody else is going to do it unless he fails. So uh, I just hope they give Hall uh, the good run. I mean, he's got the best arm of the bunch, as far as I'm concerned. And, where uh, Where do you stand I, I, on Where do you stand on Tyler Wells? I, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I. Part of me thinks that he probably can be better suited at, as as a reliever because he's because he's a, a strike thrower. But but his, um, you know, his whip was a little deceiving to me when last year when it was good because of because of the home runs. You know, uh, you know, I I looked at it more like you know how many bases per inning. You know, I'm it, guys getting on base was one thing. He had a really low whip at one point, but. A lot of those whips uh, were, were guys who were touching all the bases. So uh, I, I don't know. I think that, I think the jury's still out there, and uh, he's an older guy. He's been, you know he's been around a while. He's in his late twenties now, and he's you know he's had a little bit of success it, both ways. So uh, let's face it, Kimbrel's going to be the closer unless he proves that he can't be. So that means that they're they're you know they're they're going to need. Guys, and they're going to need guys at the back end of the rotation. So, let me ask um, you. Let me ask you this: With Kimbrel, I'm not saying he's not a, a terrific pickup, but don't you think that the club goes in with open eyes that they've got to use him a little less than Philadelphia did last year? I don't have the well, numbers in front of me, but there were several oppor- several times where he was back to back. And a couple times, three games in a row. Well, that that I mean, I without without seeing his game logs, I don't know. That would be true with anybody. 
I mean, I mean, look, uh, Rivera didn't pitch three times in a row. I mean, you, you, you know, it's, it's just something you don't, you don't avoid. I mean, back in the day with, with the little bit of time he was, that he managed the Yankees, the one thing about Dick Hauser as a manager was that he never used Gossage three days in a row, and he never got Gossage up and coming in the game. I mean, he, you know, he was a master at, at, at using his closer in that regard. So, you know, I look, I look at Kimball's, I mean, I asked some people about him, and I, and I was, like everybody else, a little bit shocked because his postseason, his last couple of games, I said, you remember. I mean, you can remember, and it's in the postseason. So, but his, his I guess his overall body of work was, was, was good, you know, during, during the season. Mm-hmm. But if, if he did pitch a lot of times three games in a row, then, yeah, I would expect that that probably would, you know. Now it, it, was would, more, it, not it, only, it, it was more the amount of two games. I think he did three twice. But they were pretty close yeah, together, well, like in August or something like that. I remember looking at it yeah. carefully when we first acquired him. I guess my question, Jim, is if you had the ability to give up a lot of talent and you could get Dylan Cease or Jesus Lazardo or sign, say, a Robert Stevenson out of the bullpen and pay a little bit of a, maybe an exorbitant price dollar wise. Which do you think the club needs more? Oh, um, I, you know, in all honesty, I, I think that's probably a flip of the coin. I mean, there's enough guys. There's a lot of guys in the bullpen. Yeah, uh, that are going to have to be in the bullpen. You know, one way or another. I mean, I mean, we don't even talk about Mike Bauman. I mean, and you know, and he was. I mean, he did his job pretty much as good as anybody could a year ago. I, I, I would not. I, I will say this. I think if they do make a trade for a guy like Cease or something like that, the initial reaction in Baltimore for the trade is going to be there was a bad trade. Mm-hmm. I, I'm convinced of that because yeah, I agree because with you. we're we're so we're so piped, hyped up on on the on the number of prospects who we already have halfway in the Hall of Fame that we don't know. And they there are some guys out there. And and I mean, when I looked at the thing and and, and they said that they wanted three three guys for Cease, I'm like, there's no way. I'm not sure I would do two. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't do two. I wouldn't do two. I mean, they have six guys in the top fifty. I wouldn't do. I wouldn't do two of those guys. I mean, yeah. I, I think there's there are some scouts out there, uh, and I mean, you know, like if they want to include Mayo in the deal, or if they want to include Hurst in the deal, you know, they could do an awful lot just by including either one of those guys. Yeah. So yeah, uh, those are the two guys whose name I hear the most. Would, from, would, from scouts. Yeah, I'm I'm hearing Mayo is the hang up. For, for any deal that the Orioles really don't want to part with uh, Kobe that, for everything you say I mean he's got the right-handed power that that that, that they obviously need yeah and it's yeah. one of the reasons why I don't buy any any thought about about a, a trade involving Santander because they just you know, they do need they do need some pop in the middle of the lineup and you can't you're not going to improve the lineup by getting rid of the one guy you already got that, that that's in there I mean I, and I I have I have a lot of hope the second half of the season for Mountcastle was the real was what we really yeah, well, uh, can expect. I, I'm a big Mountcastle fan. That's I, mean, a, I, that's, I think he's got a chance of being a really, really, really big hitter. All right. So we'll see. It's well, it's getting we'll interesting. See. I've got one last yeah. question for you, Jim. Would does the reality of where the Orioles are in terms of expending money uh, to sign people long term? In other words. It sounds like the world that Dylan Cease has got two years and Jesus Lazardo's got three years, but the, right. the, does the reality hit you 
that the Orioles aren't going to re-sign one of those guys for $175 million two years from now, and you've given up Mayo, you've given up five, six years of Mayo and five, six years of Kerstad. Um, does that stare you, hit you in the face? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, that's just common business sense. I mean, uh, you know, you, you're, I mean, I look there, I'm pretty much convinced and I don't know who they're going to be or how it's going to be done. But when I, when I hear all the talk about, and Elias keeps has said, has said repeatedly that holiday has a legitimate chance to make this opening day lineup. In my mind, I, I, I would have, I would have said there's like zero chance that that would happen just from a business standpoint, but he's already, he's has shown that he will not hold guys back just to get that extra year. So in other words, he'll, he'll come in and have the guy, you know, be himself and, and be a rookie of the year and, and get another draft choice type thing. So I believe him when he says that, but when I look at the makeup of this team right now, I don't see how all these guys can make the team. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, you, you know, and, and I do think that the, down the road, I think in the back of his mind, I think he, I think they have one or two of these guys that they're going to have to hang their hat on that they're going to hopefully have to be able to make franchise players out of them. I expect that, you know, there will be somebody that they'll be able to get who it's going to be. I don't think we have any idea. I mean, it could be holiday. It could be Henderson. It could be, Hey, it could be Joey Ortiz. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We, again, we haven't even talked about him, and he's supposedly the best shortstop in the, the organization. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, so, Jimmy. Um, it's good to have. It's a good. It's a good problem to have. It is a good problem so, to have. Yeah. It certainly yeah. beats the problems we had three to five years e- ago. E- exactly. Yeah. This is probably. This is probably the most talent that I can remember in this organization in a long, long time. I mean, right. going back to the Grinch Baylor. Days, yep. you know when they when you had guys back to back minor league player of the year and going back to the minor league year. So that's a long time yeah. ago, Jimmy. Uh, yes, it's it always was. great, yeah. always great to catch up with you. Good luck in the postseason football pool. Okay, very right. good. Love you, Take man. Care, Happy, Sam. healthy Bye-bye. New Year to you. All right, that's Jim Henneman, uh, who uh, is a baseball um, writer for Press Box, still going strong at eighty-two years of age, and uh, still as thoughtful and as sharp as anybody out there that covers the team. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, we we shouldn't expect a Dylan C. Steele uh, at this point. I, I just don't is see Is there it. a starting pitcher, you know? The, the guy I've wanted all along is Jesus Lazardo, and I'll settle for Braxton Garrett, but I'm not anxious to give up Kobe Mayo in either deal, Yeah, and I don't think that uh, Lazardo comes without Mayo going there. I'm not anxious to give up uh, really any of the prospects either, but I mean there, there is you, you so, have so many much. Of them. I, understand. I mean there there are guys that are, should have been in the big leagues early last season yeah. that are not going to sniff the big see, leagues this season. If uh, see for if me the Luzardo thing is three years of control. That starts to be where you've got a, a year plus to extend him which isn't like a gigantic gigantic contract. You know yeah. maybe you can get him for five years at $85 million or something, you know, and buy a couple years of arb, uh, arbitration out and a f- year of free agency or something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think at this point I just want to see something. I don't want to, I don't want them to settle. I think, uh, I think it's fair to, you know, be hesitant with Dylan Cease, especially you don't want to give the entire farm for Dylan Cease no. after the year that he had. I mean, he was a Cy Young, what, two years ago? I'm going to, I'm going to put or, that year, like I'm going to kick that aside. And His I'm gonna down say, year last year. I'm going to say that it has to do with the whole 
the, the White Sox being the, the White, White Sox. Sox the, the horrible decision that the owner made to bring Tony Larusa back. I mean, I think, and that didn't impact Cease pitch well for Larusa, but I think everything went wrong, and it ended up kicking uh, Dylan Cease in the face last year. You know, it's interesting. The one thing I disagree with Jim on, but I have a great deal of respect for Jim, is to me D.L. Hall, and he he knows how I feel because he said it. Uh, to me, D.L. Hall is a relief pitcher, and he doesn't have to close games for me. I think he is such a – I think he's like an Andrew Miller yeah. potential in in the sixth through the eighth inning. I don't need him to save the games. Use the closer to save the games, you know. But uh, – I think he can really be a chess piece in those games. Yeah, we'll I, uh, I I agree. What um, do we got left? Uh, we are going to start winding things down. We got tidbit and tubular uh, okay. to get to on the other side. Before we do that, uh, do you want to remind everybody about uh, what happened? Did we do a good show game? today? Did I we? thought so. I yeah. thought so. I mean, I guess uh, maybe we're the two wrong people to ask since yeah. we, we did the show. Yeah. I, I feel a little biased, I guess. Yeah. Um, before we hit the next break. I thought it was my best break. show of the year. Um, I would have to agree. I would okay. have to agree. But by far and away, your best show of the yeah, year. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, before, all right, what are we doing now? Uh, before we hit this break, you want to remind everyone uh, what happens after Ravens games uh, all this season on uh, on Project Game Day. Oh, hold on. Wait, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, did I catch you off guard? Here we go. You did a little bit, but not that badly. Project Game Day. Press Box's Project Game Day returns for the divisional round playoff matchups. After the game... Join Glenn, Rita, Femi, Ian, Badejo, KZ, Josh, Charles, and the crew to discuss what went down. You can watch the show at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or at youtube.com slash pressbox, pressbox online. Project Game Day is brought to you by A.J. Michaels, Superbook Sports, and helpmygamblingproblem.org. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. Fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels. Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. 
Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and it's our very special annual best of issue. On the cover, we celebrate Orioles manager Brandon Hyde as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and the Orioles as our Team of the Year. With Stan the Fan Charles and Glenn Clark sitting down with Hyde to discuss his role in creating the culture that defined the Orioles' magic season. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2023. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Terps, and O's at PressBoxOnline.com. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Stan the Fan back here hosting GCR. And um, just want to make sure I spelled something right. God damn it. All right, sorry, Stan. Uh, when we... Uh Take, take over for a second. Okay, all right. I do want to remind everybody as uh, as we wind things down here that the latest edition of PressBox is uh, is available now, and you can get it at all the uh, local Royal Farms. Um, and uh, Stan, give me a, do me a favor here. Pass me uh, one. Pass me that paper sitting in front of you. The... Which which paper? Right in front of you. And uh, I want to remind you that the latest edition of PressBox is available now. Uh, for our annual best of issue uh, with PressBox, uh, celebrating the Orioles as the team of the year and manager Brandon Hyde as the Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year. Uh, inside, we celebrate the top people, performances, and moments of the last 12 months in local sports. So pick up the best of issue at your neighborhood, neighborhood Rofo or any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox or read the entire, uh, a t- entire edition of the issue at PressBoxOnline.com. Com. All right. We're getting into uh, tidbit of the day and tubular. The tidbit of the day is brought to you by the Toyota Tacoma. It comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right. Tidbit. Uh, tidbit wise, uh, let's see what direction I want to go with this. Um, I'll do this one first. Uh, Kyron Williams, uh, he was the running back for the Rams this season. He finished uh, third in rushing yards this season despite missing five games. Um, and he the, he became the second player ever in NFL history to finish top three in rushing in a season where they missed five games. Any idea who the who the other guy that uh, finished top top three in rushing despite missing five games during the season? I'm going to guess Jim Brown. Uh, that's an excellent, excellent guess. Uh, he was not top three. Um, I kind of set you up to fail for this one. He was a 1937 Pittsburgh Pirate. Bronco Nagurski? Or? No. no. That's close, though. Bull Carsis. No. 
Oh, that was my next pick. That was going to be the bull. Yeah. Bull from uh, the Pirates. Uh, Barry uh, Barry Sanders also uh, finished top five in rushing despite missing five games. He finished fifth in uh, 1993. What's the closest Jim Brown ever did it? Have? Um, that's a good question. He, I mean, he played the entirety of most seasons though, so I guess yeah. that would be why yeah, he uh, was. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he missed. Uh, he wouldn't have missed any any games. Um, of course, Bill Belichick. We talked about it. Um, uh, did step or they parted ways? The Patriots. And uh, and uh, and Bill Belichick, um, Paul Hembo. This one came from uh, Hembo on uh, Twitter. Uh, since the Patriots did hire Bill Belichick back in the year 2000, all the other 31 NFL teams combined have used 162 head coaches and 224 total coaching stints. 224 different head coaching stints across all the rest of the teams while the Patriots sat there with just Bill Belichick over the last. 24, 23 seasons. So pretty amazing. Pretty, pretty amazing. amazing. Uh, Nick Saban, of course, also retired, and uh, he had been, of course, the winningest coach among active coaches. He will go down as, uh, or in currently, college. yes, in college, in college. In college. Um, he is currently fifth on uh, the all-time coaching list uh, in terms of wins. Any idea who the who number one is? Most wins all time by a college coach. Bear Bryant. Uh, Bear Bryant is third. He's How about third. Woody on the list. Hayes. Not Woody Hayes. Woody Hayes isn't in the top five. Uh, no, he is not. Uh, Bo Schembechler. No, not Schembechler. Uh, Woody Hayes is sixteenth. He's sixteenth. <laughs> um, boy, I'm I'm not going to be good at this. No, I think you. Um, I mean, you're uh, first. Pete Carroll. Uh, no, not Pete Carroll. Um, the names just, uh, yeah. uh, run, uh, you know. How about, uh, the number one, he has 409 wins, uh, all with one school. Kind of a disappointing ending, though, at this school for this coach. And, uh, Up at Penn State. Uh, Joe Paterno. Joe Paterno Joe is the Pop. winningest coach of all time. Uh, Bobby Bowden is second on second, the list. Second, of course, yeah. Uh, okay. Bear Bryant, you said, was third. Pop Warner is fourth. All time. Any and idea? Was Bronco Nagurski in there? No, too? Bronco Nagurski. Uh, not, not at least. He didn't in the top win a 10, single game as a college coach. I, I don't, don't think so. Yeah. Um, any idea who the now active winningest coach of all? Is? Oh my goodness! Jeez, um, whiz. Uh, what's the guy at uh, UCLA? Uh, that's a good guess. Uh, that would Kelly. Be, yeah, it is. Uh, that's Chip Kelly right Chip now. Kelly. Actually. Chip Kelly is not uh, where, not where would even Chip in Kelly the top. Probably yeah, not in the top five of active. His brother, however, would be top three. Brian Kelly, Brian now at Kelly. LSU. Okay, um, he has 186 wins. Right. Uh, so he's third. Two guys have more than him currently as active coaches. Dabo. Not Dabo. He's a. Fifth, I believe. Dabo's right. fourth, actually. 170, right, right behind now, Dabo's, uh, how about the Georgia coach? Um, um, Kirby Smart, I don't think he's been around long been enough around yet. Been around long enough, okay. Yeah. How many wins does Kirby Smart have? Um, number one, uh, you, 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 he, you're kind of forgetting about him just because he's at, an, he's at an ACC school now. He was at Texas for a very long time. Um, the, the guy who's at... What... Who is it? It's uh, it is uh, uh, Mac Brown. Okay, that's who I thought. Mac Brown is still coaching. He in is the still ACC? coaching. He is at North Carolina right now. Okay, yeah, it is. It's it's very very. Uh, He's you, coached you about two that. stints at North Carolina. Correct? Um, I think that's correct. Has, yeah. has it been? I'm two pretty stints? sure he coached there for a long time, then went to Texas, and then retired or something. Yeah, he and, retired from Texas and then came back. Uh, yeah. for for Carolina. 
Um, no, I believe this was his first stint uh, at, at Carolina. Wait a minute. Uh, where was he before? Where was he before Texas? Oh no, you're right. Sorry, he is. This okay. is his second stint. You're right. My fault. Wasn't I he there for about eight stint. years? At uh... he was. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, nine okay. seasons. With and the, how many with years Carolina. has he been there now? Um, he came back in 2019. So this is like what's been five Fifth years. Five years. Yeah. Okay. Um, Mac Brown, yeah, now now the most wins by active coaches. Uh, number two on the list, the Iowa head coach, Kirk Ferentz, 196. One of my favorite guys. At yeah. Iowa. Yeah. yeah. Always loved him as an assistant coach with the Ravens back under uh, okay. uh, Ted Marchabroda and, oh. Bel- uh, and Bill Belichick, Brian Billick. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Well, well done. Well done well, on tidbits. Uh, not really. No, you got it. What do we got? We got... Uh, Tidbit of the day? Yes, tidbit of the day. Gonna is be... brought to you by our annual best of issue. I, we actually just uh, shouted out uh, the press the press box. Oh, you did that. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Okay. Uh, how about what you did on Monday uh, while you, you chatted with uh, Stan, or you, you, Stan, chatted with Ross and Luke <laughs> about, what, about the Orioles did. offseason, didn't you? I certainly did, yes. And that's becoming a, a redundant topic uh, yeah. that we'll have to expand in the month of uh, January and February to get through to the uh, to when we start playing games again. We'll be back next Monday. I, there may be a sh- surprise show tonight. I've, I've been very remiss at getting in touch with Eric Garfield about doing a prospect uh, show, uh, which we're including in our menu of um, options. So um, I got to, I got to, check a couple doors it's been crazy so that might be tonight if not it will be next thursday night and you can catch those on the press box facebook page live or always archived on youtube at the the press box youtube channel videos tab and monday we'll be doing the ross luke and i will chat some uh, baseball on mondays sweet sweet okay uh, getting into totally tubular, um, a lot of local hoops in action tonight um, maryland will be hosting michigan uh, as they look to get their first Big Ten win of the of the year um, after some disappointing, uh, I mean they were close with Minnesota, but they did lose to Minnesota on Sunday. Obviously got their butts kicked by uh, Purdue. So hopefully uh, coming home they'll take on a, a Michigan team without Hunter Dickinson and uh, maybe fare fare pretty well. We'll see what happens. That's on FS1 at seven o'clock. Triple header on FS1. Michigan State and Illinois. Uh, at 9, Arizona State, Washington at 11 as uh, the final season of Pac-12 basketball. The Conference of Champions, as uh, Bill Walton calls it, winds down. Uh, UMBC going to be a nationally televised game on on uh, ESPNU at 7 o'clock. They are traveling up to Vermont. Uh, so UMBC, Vermont tonight at 7 on ESPNU. Uh, looks like the Towson game is just going to be on flow. I don't think it's on Monumental tonight. Um, Towson will host Stony Brook tonight. So, uh, you know, I do like Towson's chances, though, against Stony Brook uh, tonight. They are laying 4.5 against uh, the Seawolves. Um, so if uh, if you feel bullish about them, maybe you're heading to the game, stop by the, the Green Turtle Sportsbook uh, but, uh, ahead of uh, heading out to the Towson basketball game. So stop at the Green Turtle Sportsbook in Towson. You get a $10 free bet every Thursday at the Green Turtle Sportsbooks. Um, so uh, uh, every Thursday at Towson or and Canton, uh, offering a free $10 bet on uh, – you can use it on college basketball. You can use it on some, some of the football games if you feel strongly about any of uh, Stan or Ken's picks. I guess you probably don't want to bet with me this weekend. But if you feel strongly about any of uh, standard Kent's football picks, you can use it on that. 
at the Green Turtle Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. Experience the ultimate destination for game day excitement, great food, and live in-person betting. Check out the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. Pick up your free bet. Make some money while enjoying some uh, food and some, uh, some, some maybe some college basketball tonight. Uh, over the Green Turtle Sportsbooks. Uh, also on television tonight, ESPN2, AFU, AFU, FAU will take on Tulane at 7 o'clock on ESPN2. UCLA, Utah after that, Stanford, Oregon State, a lot of college basketball. Um, the rest go to Glenn Clark Radio. Hofstra, Northeastern uh, for, on CBS Sports Network. ESPN's going to have uh, Gonzaga, Santa Clara at 9.30. Before that, Toronto Maple Leafs and the New York Islanders. The cap, the Caps will be on Monumental tonight. They play the Seattle Kraken at 7.00. Um, and, uh, oh yeah, that's so on NBA TV, it is, uh, the Nets in Cavs. They play at 2 p.m. today because they are playing in Paris. The Cla- the Cavaliers. Of course they are. And yeah. the, uh, Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Of course they are. Of course they are. Of course they are. Uh, TNT will have Celtics Bucks. It is the PGA round one of the Sony Open, of course. Who you got in that one, the Sony Open? Uh, who who do I have winning? This yeah, yeah. Who do you have winning this? This uh, is what everyone tunes in for Glenn's uh, or John Glenn Daly. Stans. John Daly. Uh, you know, probably pretty good odds if uh, you yeah. bet on <laughs> if you bet on John Daly. <laughs> uh, non sports wise, not a whole lot. There's a new show on Netflix. It's called Boys Swallows Universe. Uh, it's like an Australian show. It looks okay. I mean, you know, if you if you're if you're bored, check out check that on Netflix. On Peacock, it is the uh, the series premiere of Ted. So the little teddy bear was set, voiced by Seth MacFarlane. They're doing a prequel series oh, of Ted. Fantastic! Is it fantastic? Yeah. What's it called? T. T. It's just, yeah, just and they're 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 still calling it Ted. Ted they're just calling yeah. it Ted the series. Um. Uh. Let's see. On Kimmel, he's going to have uh, Natalie Portman and Chris Stefano. Matthew McConaughey is going to be on a uh, Fallon tonight, as well as Wyclef Jean and Pusha T. I'm not sure why. Uh, Tina Fey will be on Seth Meyers, um, and that is uh, those are your non-sports highlights. So, All right, that, yeah. uh, that's a wrap. Then. That is a wrap. Uh, Tubular and tidbit of the day. Absolutely, absolutely. Stan, Stan thanks a lot. I will be today. back tomorrow. Do we have anything booked at all? Bo Smoko is going to join us, of course. Of course, the Bo one Smoko. and only Bo Smoko. Um, we wanted to, yeah. I mean, I guess we'll, we'll you and I will uh, figure out. We'll, we'll figure it out. But uh, Bo Smoko, that's all. You, that's really all you need. Yeah. On a Friday, Stan, yeah, myself, and Bo Smoko talk some Ravens. Definitely all you need. Um, but a big thanks to uh, everyone today. Cordell Woodland joining us today, as well as uh, the great Jim Henneman. Um, and KZ. And KZ. We'll get it up in the... Uh, well, you're supposed to lead me into this, and I say, do you want me to lead you into it? We'll get it up in the greatest hit section of the... Archives. That works. Archives. That works, yeah. All right. Uh, that's a wrap for today's show. I'll be back one more day, and then Glenn Clark returns from broadcasting the National Shuffleboard uh, Tournament on the SSS Minnow, uh, and we wish him well doing that. Yes. Okay?